This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. But you say he's just a friend. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Oi. Meanwhile, back here in Washington, a bipartisan group of senators are trying to salvage a very fragile deal to overhaul our nation's immigration laws and provide more funding for Ukraine. There are concerns that Donald Trump is trying to kill the deal to help win an election. A month-long negotiation to bolster the U.S. border is on life support. In a closed-door meeting, Republican leader Mitch McConnell warned Donald Trump might want to make immigration a campaign issue, threatening GOP support for any deal. On day one, I will seal the border and I will shut down the invasion of our country. It's an invasion. The idea that that someone running for president would say, please hurt the country so I can blame my Shut up, Mitt Romney, you jerk off. Is a, uh, uh, a shocking uh, uh, development. Senators are trying to save their effort to overhaul immigration law, which would also pump tens of billions of dollars into Ukraine for its war against Russia. We are negotiating in good faith and want to get this done in a bipartisan way. Will Trump have the ability to kill this immigration deal? Well, I think there's not a deal to be killed yet. South Carolina's Lindsey Graham says he's urging Trump to get behind the border negotiations, which he says are ongoing tonight. I will say to President Trump, if we can put this package together, you'll have more tools to secure America than you've ever had. Former President Donald Trump rarely gives brief speeches, but his desire to give one in the defamation trial against him was whittled down by the judge. A jury will soon determine how much Trump should pay in damages to E. Jean Carroll. He was found liable last year for defamation and sexual abuse. We are following breaking news. Peter Navarro has been sentenced to four months in prison on two charges of contempt of Congress. These charges stem from his refusal to comply with a subpoena related to his actions after the 2020 presidential election. The former Trump White House official arrived at the courthouse in Washington. Prosecutors had asked the judge to impose a prison sentence of six months and a fine of $600,000. Navarro is the second Trump ally to be convicted for defying a subpoena from the January 6th committee. Steve Bannon was also sentenced to four months in prison in October 2022 for the same offense. But a federal judge suspended his sentence to allow his appeal to move forward. Hey! They asked for it, yep. and they got what they asked for. Hey, we come back next week, ready to go. And turn it over, knots. Chiefs on three, one, two, three. Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs back in the AFC Championship game for the sixth straight time. Being in the AFC Championship game, I mean, that's what you try to do every single season. Our goal is to get to the Super Bowl, and that's going to take everything we have this next week. This is a great Ravens team that we're going up against. They head to Baltimore to see if they can come up with a way to keep John Harbaugh from breaking out another rendition of the Senior Citizen Humpty Dance. You're built for this. You're built for this, man. And look at what you guys did. You went out there, and the what? It's another high team that we knocked off. The Detroit Lions are knocking on the door of the Super Bowl for the first time since 1991. That's a way to mount up, man. That's not a, that's a, that's a difficult team to beat, man. And there's the snap. Blitz comes. Mayfield back. Loads. Throws. Pick up the Lions. Intercepted by the Lions. Intercepted by the Lions. Derek Barnes. Derek Barnes. Derek Barnes. Oh, baby. 133 to go. The Lions are going to San Francisco. That's two. All right. That's two. We got two to go. With a lie in the middle. 
They head west this week to take on the San Francisco 49ers in the NFC Championship game for the third time in a row, four of the last five years now. Love out of the shotgun, deep drop, pressure, gets chased out to his right, will throw on the run back, middle, it is intercepted! Go down, Dre Greenlaw! And the 49ers will host the NFC title game Sunday. I said... Uh, This is your friend and uh, fellow morning guy, Jim Kerr. I've been thinking about your trip to Israel. I've been there. It was absolutely the most amazing travel experience of my entire life. And if these were different times, I'd have a list of great tourist attractions that I would recommend to you. Of course, we're not living in those times today, but I do hope you have a chance to visit all four quarters of the old city of Jerusalem, the Jewish quarter, the Christian quarter, the Muslim quarter, and the Armenian quarter. I'm sure that when you place your palm on the western wall, you'll experience the connection to the entire history of the world that is unique to that particular experience. And also, if you can, visit the uh, Church of the Holy Sepulchre. Walk down the street, you'll see, you'll see plaques on the wall, um, that point out the stations of the cross. Just to breathe the air in Jerusalem is a unique and unforgettable experience. And I hope that you'll have an opportunity to enjoy that. Meanwhile, thank you for representing New York in Israel during these very, very trying times. And most of all, I wish you a very safe journey. Got a package full of wishes A time machine, a magic wand A globe made out of gold No instructions or commandments Laws of gravity or indecisions to uphold Printed on the box I see Build a world to be Take a chance Grab a piece Help me to believe it What kind of world Do you want Think anything Let's start at the start Build a masterpiece Be careful what you wish for History starts Yeah. 
great question right right there posed here by the terrific band five for fighting what kind of world do we want what kind of world do we want folks as the song says history starts now what kind of world do you want what kind of I know the type of world that I want. And the type of world that I want includes six massage parlors in Queens. <laughs> the hell happened there, Noam? That's, uh, that was the mayor's great work yesterday. Did they just figure out that some of these places, there's something called the happy ending? Is that new news? I'm just curious. I don't think it's new news, but you know, people in those neighborhoods say it's more intense than ever. Like women, even like walking the streets, showing off their wares. So it got that bad. So they went in six places. They shut down yesterday. Whatever. People need to work. Um, (laughs) On a serious note, uh, Jim Kerr. Did you hear Jim Kerr there? You know what's funny? Jim Kerr is a morning show host, and Jim Kerr is a lot more successful than I am. Has had a Hall of Fame career. And his morning show at Q104.3, that's some classic rock right there. That is a killer show. And then uh, you may remember earlier in the week, another guy that's up against me doing my morning show, who has also huge ratings and is a monster, monster superstar, Elvis Duran at Z100. He also called in and sent a nice message. In fact, if you missed it, Louis, you can play this. This is Elvis over at Z100, cut number three. Hey, Sid, it's Elvis Duran over at Z100. We want to thank you for representing New York City as you travel to Israel. Spread the word of peace and be safe. See, that's the point here, right? Whether it's Jim Kerr, 104.3 playing classic rock, Elvis Duran, Z100, that morning zoo. Everybody wants the same thing. Everybody wants peace. And all these guys, and, and they're not really my competitors. I told you this a couple of days ago. If you really go by the genre, what we do, our competitor is WOR. That's it. And there's no competition. What I do to that morning show paves the way for the rest of the day for WOR to never get back. I murder them, triple them, quadruple them. It's embarrassing. Both of you guys, Lou and uh, Noam, came from there. I've forgotten about it. Oh, You've forgotten about it, but if you were still there, you'd be hearing Tom Cuddy bitch and complain every day. How do we stop Sid? Will somebody do something to stop Sid? And we're not going to stop. We're just going to bludgeon these people. <laughs> Very nice guys, Len and Michael, but they're a quote-unquote competition. But, you know, now when you start to do well, you start to look at 10-10 wins and WCBS 880 and... Heck, even Boomer is in on the fan, even though 25 to 54, we don't compete with them. But none of these guys are my competition today or for the next week. Every one of these people who reached out to me, wishing me a safe trip, be well, representing New York, thank you for that. And that's what this trip is all about. And I said that at the close of yesterday's show. This is not just about me and my family going to Israel, which we are for the very first time. This is a trip that's much bigger than that. I don't believe a lot of you even understand, understand 
how seismic this trip is, what it means to people in Israel, who I speak to regularly now. It's unbelievable. People in New York, like I said, whether it's a Jim Kerr and Elvis Duran or an average guy on the street, it's a big deal. Election is not that far away. We are more divisive than ever, than ever. I mean, it has gotten really, really ugly. Now we make this pilgrimage, if you will, to Jerusalem to report back exactly what those people are going through with our biggest ally. WABC, my man John Katsimatidis. I love you, John. In fact, I've got a big lunch coming up with John today, which I cannot reveal, John and Chad, who's going to be at this lunch yet, not yet, but it's a big, 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 big deal. But uh, John, a couple of times a week, puts WABC promos, and they're gorgeous, full-page color promos in the New York Post. So if you go and buy today's New York Post, and I want all my fans out there to do this today, go out there and buy the paper. Don't go online, nypost.com. Go out and buy the physical paper. And when you do it, and you go to page 28, you're going to see a picture of my mug and a big ad that reads, Carrying WABC's Message for World Peace. Sitting friends in the morning, broadcasting live from Israel, Monday through Friday. Well, that's regularly, don't forget, next week, it's only Monday through Thursday. There is no show on Friday. I mean, I guess I'll have John or Curtis or somebody, but it's Shabbos. So I can't do my show from Israel. So I'll be on Monday through Thursday next week, 6 to 10 a.m. New York time, which is 1 to 5 p.m. Israeli time. Goes on to read world, excuse me, worldwide coverage. Right now, WABC, this is a testament to John, Margot, Chad, Emily, George, the whole crew. WABC is in 50 states, 50, and you ready for this? 173 countries. And I know this. How do I know this? Because I get messages every day from folks in Tel Aviv, in Jerusalem, in Haifa, that listen on the free 77 WABC app every day. Every day. They listen every day. So my recommendation is, if you get out of your car and you're outside of New York, and you can't listen at 7.70 a.m. on your radio dial, download the app. It's free. The app is free. You can listen anywhere, anytime. We've got listeners a ton in the state of Florida. We've got listeners in California. Spoke to a fan just yesterday. All over the world, 173 countries. So download that free 77 ABC app, even if you listen every day in your car. You go into your office, you don't want to miss a good interview, download the app. It's really that simple. So today we got a bunch of uh, big guests as always. My mom is coming by today. She was she was going to text me last night. I go, Ma, you want to come on tomorrow and wish me well? I'm going to Israel. Well, I was going to text you and ask you. So now you don't have to, Mom. Now you're going to come on. So at 6.45 this morning, Naomi's going to stop by. But if she's not on for a couple of weeks, they start asking about her like she's dead, you know. How's your mother? Haven't heard from her. Is she okay? 
Yeah, Don't worry about it. You'd keep that a secret. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I start to cry during the Flintstones. God forbid something happens to my mom. You'll know about it. Don't you worry, folks. But she's got her own thing going on. So she uh, keeps herself busy, you know. But she loves the show. She does not miss the show ever, whether she's in upstate New York or Aventura, Florida. My mother never misses the show, ever. And she's going to stop by this morning. And uh, wish us well as we get out of here. I mean, it's surreal looking outside the window right now at a rainy Third Avenue in New York City. And the next time I do this show, I'll be looking out of a studio in Jerusalem. That's pretty surreal, no, no? That's pretty cool, yeah. Right? Yeah. You wish you were coming? I do. I wanted you to come, but they said no. I know. They said no. I wanted no. to see my dad and family, but I guess I'll have well, to I'm wait. Well, I'm going to see your dad, aren't I? You are. He's gonna. I think he's going to pop into the studio. Well, right? he hasn't called me yet. Well, he was going to pick you up at the airport, but you said you didn't want the ride. So. No, I didn't say that. Yeah. I, already, I already have Yehuda Hanukman picking me up. Right. But I would have loved to have seen your father. Is he going to come to Jerusalem at he any is. point? Yeah, he said he was going to. All right. Well, that'll be great then. Does he have my number? I'll give it to him. I well, think you have does. the time to uh, reach out to me. All you bastards, by the way, don't text or call me. Uh, just so you know, if you're listening to me and uh, we're friends or you're family members and we talk regularly, I will not be texting anybody. I believe it's like $2,000 a minute. <laughs> it is. <laughs> so the only way to contact me next week will be on the WhatsApp uh, application. You know WhatsApp? Yeah. So we'll tell your father... To hit me up on WhatsApp, my number is the same on both, my cell phone and WhatsApp, and I'll talk to him there, okay? Okay. This is uh, Mike Kemper, one of my favorite people, him and his lovely wife, Marilyn. He happens to be the transit uh, chief. I love him, man. He's in charge of the subways and the most decorated Jewish police officer ever. And he's part of our monthly dinner crew, you know, Keith Kantrowitz and, and Anthony Carone and all of us. Kemper says, good morning, Sid, wishing you all the very best on your trip to Israel. Safe travels, my friend. How about that? Isn't that nice? That is nice. Michael right. Kemper. He's such a sweet guy. All right, so we went over this uh, brothel story, and uh, we've got five or six great guests stopping by today. We'll do a lot of Israel stuff. What are the major stories, Noam, are we looking at uh, this Friday morning? We had this execution that was getting a lot of attention where they used, um, uh, they put this, uh, it's well, English, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they yeah. they uh, used uh, this new method to um, put to death a death row inmate. Well, this was an injection of sorts. No, it was a breathing mask. They used it was uh, nitrogen to stop so no oxygen. He get oxygen deprived. Oh God! And he was put I, to I, sleep essentially. I, I wish we had this for Imus. <laughs> yeah, he used to wear an oxygen mask all the time. We could have knocked them off much earlier. We saved a lot have. of aggravation. Bernie would have lived longer. Trust me. <laughs> surprised we didn't witness. I'm surprised we didn't witness it happen right in front of us. <laughs> so how long did it take for the bastard to die? So it was pure nitrogen, which was, I was not uh, explaining well. Um, it took him about 22 minutes altogether. Yeah. They say he convulsed a little bit. Whatever. He pushed back against the restraints for a sure. moment. Whatever. And then he died. Well, how's the world going to go on? Well, he was a murderer, so there's not a lot of sympathy That's my there. point, exactly. Kill more of these bastards. There is no bigger proponent of the death penalty than me. Nobody. In fact, in a lot of these stories, especially when there are children or, or people like that involved, I want to be the one to do it. Even if I don't know these people, I want to be the one to do it. Death penalty 
forever. What else we got today? The, uh, you know, this is the 111th day of that war in Israel. Things have just, you know, now they're worried about this, of course, getting much larger, which it already has. All these proxies and militaries getting involved uh, in Lebanon. And, of course, you have the Iranians, the Houthis, and the Red Sea, of course, being a big part of it. They've stopped. Uh, the Houthis have won a battle there, a big one. They've stopped some of these big shipping companies from going through the Red Sea, which is huge to the global economy because they don't want to get into a battle with these Houthis. So that's an issue, and it'll be interesting to see how the White House pushes back against that, that one of the biggest shipping companies in the world will no longer go through there. They'll have to take this long way around it mm. because they say it's just too dangerous. So the Houthis are uh, winning that battle. Yeah. I, I did hear that uh, I believe the United States is sending somebody and I believe it's for the fourth time to continue these hostage negotiations. Again, the number is 136. That is not the number. I'm telling you, a bunch of those 136 are already dead. But these young girls that they're raping 20, 30 times a day, uh, they're still alive. And we need to get those girls out and the babies and even the elderly gentlemen. So uh, is that right? We're sending somebody there today to continue hostage negotiations? Yeah, the conversations between the White House and Bibi Netanyahu apparently have not been great. It's been uh, not the that's what the anyway, that's what they're telling us, that the two have had uh, these conversations that have been somewhat hostile because the president, uh, Biden, pushing back against the death toll in Gaza and Bibi Netanyahu saying, look, I have to protect my people. I'm going to do what it takes to do that. That's war. That's war, baby. That's what happens. See, Joe Biden, when you fund Iran, like you've done for not one but two administrations, and you allow them to get really wealthy on, I don't know, Chinese oil, when they're basically a terrorist country, and then go out there and kill innocent civilians all over the world, when you do that, Joe Biden, you dumb bastard, these are the results. And then, yes, innocent people will die, including innocent Palestinians. We call it war. You get that, Noam? I have it written down, yeah. Write that down. What about uh, Eric Adams? You know, I spoke to my friend Natalie Sanandaji yesterday. You may remember her, that beautiful young girl who survived the uh, Nova Music Festival. She was in studio. You remember her? Sure, of course. Yeah, she was great. So yesterday I spoke to her, and she is um, she's going to be in Israel when we're there. And she said, you know, I wanted to call in today, but I was at the Holocaust Museum which they built that museum when I lived in Battery Park. I lived in the building right across the street from the Ritz in Battery Park, and they built that museum when I lived there. They opened it when I lived there. In fact, I was working with you, Lou, on the Imus show, and there was a dog park. My dog Lucy was still alive, and I would take Lucy to the dog park across the street, and the night they opened the museum, they had this huge, huge party, and I was walking Lucy across the street, and I literally bumped into a man in a tux heading to the Holocaust Museum, and his name was Andy Rooney. The great Andy Rooney, 60 Minutes. And I was, I literally, like, uh, vomited all over myself. I was so excited. I loved Andy Rooney. And he was very, very sweet. But I believe there was a big event, though, with Eric Adams at that museum yesterday, yes? There was. Uh, He was there for his International Holocaust Remembrance Day, so he was there to make a speech. Well, that's good, no? Yeah. I mean, all you do is talk bad about the poor guy, so he's there with the Jewish people, which he is there with the Jewish people, despite what Curtis says, and I love Curtis. Curtis, you know I love you, but uh, Eric does care about the Jewish people. He does. 
Well, he does. So I know he raised a Turkish flag. I got it. I got it. You got that, Noam? Yeah. Have you written that one down, too? The Turkish flag. I'm writing it right down now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, I wonder who cares, really, uh, about these people. How did uh, how'd my friend Donald Trump do yesterday testifying in court? How, uh, well, he had three minutes where he spoke. And uh, this we'll hear more today. I don't know if we'll be back in the courtroom today, but uh, we should have some sort of result today uh, here in Manhattan, lower Manhattan. So for folks are not following this uh, closely, this uh, lion thieving wench, E. Jean Carroll, who uh, Trump never touched, care what she says. This is the most ridiculous story I've ever heard, that he raped her in a Bergdorf Goodman's 30 years ago. Now it's not rape, but... She's still looking for millions and millions of dollars in damages. And it doesn't matter what Donald Trump or Alina Haber say because this uh, crooked judge, this no-good judge Kaplan, already had him uh, losing this case, Trump, before he even arrived. So they're going to lose this case. It doesn't matter what evidence they present, how good their testimony is. They're going to lose. They're already probably, as we speak, putting together an appeal. So uh, Trump is out there yesterday, and he uh, he talks and all this, you know. But uh, it ain't going to matter now, is it? Doesn't matter. No, but this is the defamation part of the trial where. Well, she what is claims she getting paid? She's, you know, it's not clear how much she's going to. She won that first case with the sex assault case, and now this is a separate case that he defamed her when he was in the White House. When this, when she, a excerpt of this book that she wrote came out, and he said something at the White House that he didn't find her attractive, and there was nothing to the story. That's, this is connected to that a defamation good, case. Good to him. Anyway, that's uh, my guy Trump. I'm trying to get him on next week. I spoke to Sergio Gore yesterday. I said, "What a perfect time! Look, he's got four weeks." Not that he has nothing to do, Trump. He'll be in court 30 times, I'm sure. But the next primary is South Carolina. That's a month away, right? He had that big Iowa caucus performance, did very well, better than most people thought, in the primary in New Hampshire. Now he's got a month before South Carolina and about six weeks before Super Tuesday. And I said, uh, what a great time here, this downtime, to uh, give us a call. We'll be in Israel next week. Gore loved the idea, so we'll see how far that goes if, in fact, DJT, as I refer to him, gives us a call in Israel next week. The number is always 1-800-848-NICE-JOB, Noam, W-A-B-C. That's 1-800-848-9222. Again, big show coming up today, folks. My mom, Naomi Rosenberg, later on this hour. Then you get Curtis Sliwa, Andrew Giuliani, Judge Andrew Napolitano, Joseph Tacopina, and Siggy Flicker. But not before. My man right here, Wouldn't It Be Good by the great Nick Kershaw. So together, I'm sick of fighting, even 
is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. The Biden border crisis is an absolute humanitarian disaster. And Democrats don't care. Last year, 853 migrants died crossing illegally into this country. Alejandro Mayorkas didn't even know how many had died because he didn't care. When I brought 19 senators down to the border, we saw a man who had drowned floating in the Rio Grande. Democrats don't care. Last year, thousands upon thousands of children were brutalized and sexually assaulted by human traffickers, and Democrats don't care. Last year, thousands of women were sexually assaulted by human traffickers, and Democrats do not give a damn. Last year, more than 100,000 Americans died of drug overdoses from Chinese fentanyl flooding across the southern border, and Democrats do not give a damn. Now, you may say, oh, come on, that's harsh. They care. They care. Somewhere in their hearts, they care about all the people suffering and dying. Baloney. Because if they cared, they would stop it. Republican leadership is like with Lucy and the football. And over and over again, they run for the football, and over and over again, Lucy Schumer pulls it away. And Republican leadership lands on their ass. They entered this negotiation saying, we will only do what Chuck Schumer will agree to. He doesn't want to fix this. He wants it to continue. So negotiating with Chuck Schumer on securing the border is like putting Hannibal Lecter in charge vegan ad campaign. Stop asking me. But I would have sex with Ted Cruz this morning after what he did right there yesterday. Man, was that hot and right on the money. Ted Cruz, Teddy Baseball Cruz, took a baseball bat to the Democrats and smashed their heads in. You know, we said something very similar to what Ted Cruz said yesterday. And he's a Democrat. Oh, yeah. There was a story in yesterday's New York Post. You guys may have heard about it. Andrew Cuomo. You know they use that word disgraced for uh, George Santos. Boy, Giuliani's going to kick his ass today. Um, disgraced governor Andrew Cuomo, although he doesn't think so, he's going to run for mayor. He says that Joe Biden and the Democrats, when he says Democrats, he's talking about his friend Eric Adams. They got no plan for the border. That was exactly what Andrew Cuomo said in yesterday's New York Post. Said exactly 
what Ted Cruz is saying. You know, the more I think about it, when Cuomo comes back to politics, and he's doing it, folks, he's doing it, that I can promise you, he should come back as a Republican because all of his policies that helped destroy New York and, quite frankly, kill people, um, he's turned his back on all those now, you know. Now he's figured it all out. Now bail reform, not so good. Now, he doesn't talk, of course, about the nursing home crisis because people made money. I get it. I understand. See, I'm much smarter than you people think, much smarter. And I know that just about every decision a politician makes, there's money behind it, especially if people are going to die. That's how it works. Sorry. But I got a nice house in the Hamptons. But all of a sudden, Cuomo sounds like a Republican. So does Eric Adams. Sounds like a Republican. So why don't they all do us a favor? Either go away or do what's in your heart. Because Ted Cruz is right. I'm sure there are some Democrats. I'm going to sound like Trump with Mexico. I'm sure there are some that are decent people. I guess. But their policies are so grotesque. And the border, what they've done to this country, is inexcusable and not okay. So, Ted Cruz, you are my man. You feel the same way, Justin? Always and forever. You love him that much? Yeah, I'm a huge Ted Cruz fan, man. You're such a liar, it's unbelievable. No, come on, I'm like Ted Cruz's number one fan. I got a t-shirt and everything. You do? Yes. What does it say? It says, Ted Cruz forever with a heart on the front. And then on the back, it says, number one fan. Well, in little letters, it says, Justin B. Cruzin. <laughs> That's way better. Yeah, it says that instead. I want you to wear this uh, make-believe shirt on the airplane with Danielle and Gabe when you fly to Israel on Sunday. Am I sitting next to them? i got to check. Yeah, you are. Oh. I, be- I mean, I-, I didn't make the flights. Yeah. I just don't want to be the middle seat. Why? Because i got to get out to go to the bathroom and stuff. Well, I understand that. That's why I always sit in the aisle, too. So. Right. And i got long legs. So. And uh, <laughs> you'll, you'll annoy Danielle and Gabe, and then right. they will they will yell at you. Oh, uh, yeah. No, I know. Yeah. Especially so. Danielle. She doesn't care. She I, will I rip wanna, you. I don't want to get yelled at. And then that'll be on the news at night. And right. That's right. Great. And then, and then, and then I'll have to hear about it. You know, like i got nothing else to do in Israel. I'm only doing four shows, 19 interviews, two TV shows, going down to Gaza, all these things i got to do. And i got to hear about how, how uh, in center, how, uh, you know, uh, uh, selfish uh, Alec was. Okay, it took, took you a while, but you got there. Yeah. Uh-huh. Why does I he keep movie? getting up and down? Well, just, just sit there and shut up. I got nervous. Take some movies. In fact, I got two great uh, shows for you to watch on the plane, Gravesend uh-huh. and Inside Man. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was supposed to be shooting a show today. Did you know that? Remember that, that movie I shot uh, a couple of weeks ago when I missed that Thursday show? I yes. was up in, um, in Blauvelt, New York. Mm-hmm. Shooting the Jailhouse Jerky Crew. Great yeah. actors. Yeah. Tony Darrow, Chuck Zito, Peter Gordio, the whole crew. Mm-hmm. The lovely Taylor Laffey. Mm-hmm. So they're shooting today. And I couldn't make it. But you know who's actually joined the cast and is shooting today? That ridiculous chick. She's got like 4 million followers. Paige Spiranak or something. Oh, the golf chick? Yeah. Yeah, man. She's on the show. She's shooting today. Yeah, she is... Um, uh... 
Oh, she's outrageous. Caliente. I know she's outrageous. Yeah. So I, I, I texted Paul <laughs> Bordagese at 4 o'clock this morning. I go, nice. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah, nice. for sure. Yeah. You know I'm not coming today, so. And she could drive it farther than you. She can absolutely drive it farther than me. Yeah. I'm a terrible golfer. Right, but she could drive it farther even than, than me. Right. Well, than many, most many, people. Than most people, yeah. Is she still a pro golfer? She. I don't know if she's a professional or if she's like a, it's a big business now to be like a social media yeah. athlete. Yeah. So maybe she, she could be like a golf. All right, thank you for that. I got to go. My mother is uh, coming up here. She wants to wish us well, Justin. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. This is Rabbi Joseph Potashnik here at WABC, and I know that Sid is going to Israel, and I just want to tell Sid there's a beautiful custom in Jewish tradition. When you travel somewhere, you hand the person a dollar bill, and you say when you arrive at your destination, place this in a charity box, because we believe when you're going to do a good deed, no harm befalls you. So, Sid, I'll ask John to give you that dollar bill, and I just want to say go in peace, return in peace, and thank you for your great support for the people of Israel. LiveNation.com, Air Supply, one of my favorite bands. That's right, folks. I bench press 300 pounds. I look like the rock. I'm as masculine as they come, but I love Air Supply. Saw them once with the great Martin Mull at the Diplomat Hotel in Florida many, many, many years ago. And a special thanks to the rabbi, Joseph Potashnik. They do a great show, too, Rabbi Potashnik and A.R. Bernard, 7 a.m. every Sunday before the Great John Katsimatidis puts on the Katz Roundtable, a tremendous show, 8 a.m. every Sunday. So all these um, people have been calling. we got a couple surprises today. One star, how about this one? One star at Fox News 
sent us a nice little tribute on the set last night. We'll get to that. But um, my mom. So I think I told you that my mom and dad, God rest my dad, soul, Harvey, I miss and love you, Pop. They traveled the world. I don't believe they ever got to Israel. They traveled to a billion places. My mother was a big deal in Nice. They loved her in the French Riviera. But I don't believe they ever got to Israel. And uh, this is going to be a big deal for my mother and my father. So joining me right now from, I don't know where she is. I'm not sure if she's in Aventura or upstate New York. Is my mom Naomi? Mommy, good morning. How are you? Good morning, son. Good morning. Where are I you? Am Where... Aven- I am in Aventura as we speak for now. Yeah. Um, I don't know for how long, but I'll be here for a little bit. Well, why would you want uh, to come back here? It's been raining and snowing and freezing. Uh, no, but it's nothing like upstate Sydney. Nothing. I, I know. Mean, it is brutal up there, but whatever. We do what we have to do. You know that. Anyhow, as as you as all my four children, you Danielle, Avery, and Gabriel, travel to Israel, Daddy and I have our hand on your heart. All of you, we love you, and I know that Daddy misses all of us, but he's doing what he has to do. I know he's taking good care of you, Danielle, Avery, and Gabriel, and I know that he'll get you there safe and bring you home safe to us. And I hope that this will be an experience of your life that you will never, ever forget. I don't care where you've been or where you travel to from this day on. Sydney, I'm sure you will never experience anything like this. The feeling in your in your heart, in your body, in your neshama slash soul will be something that you will never, ever forget. You and Danielle and the children. This is going to be an experience of a lifetime. I'm nervous. I'm frightened. I'm honest. But I think that what you four children will experience will be second to none in your life. Daddy and I have never gotten there. And I know that was Daddy's dream. But he's where he's there now because he's going to be with you and the children, you and Danielle and the children. He'll be there with you now. Well, I told you a couple of days ago, Mom, and damn it, don't make me cry. I'm already crying. I told you a couple of days ago that um, there's no real logical reason, outside of my talent, of course, uh, that I've had this just unbelievable success over the last year. Radio, TV, movies, talking to Trump, talking to Adams, going to Israel, people around the world that have started to love and revere me in this program, it's got to be Daddy. I told you that, and I really believe that's true. Well, I believe that, too. I really and truly believe that. I guess in one sense we are lucky, because if we don't have that, we have nothing. I mean, we just think that he just faded away into the into the no place. Not my father. No way. No, no not way. Daddy. Not my Harvey Sidney. No. Not Daddy. He's there, and I know he's there, and I live for every minute that I think of him. And I do. I think of him every minute of every day. No matter what I do, I say, oh, Harvey. Yeah. So, you know, I want to talk about Daddy for a second because he keeps coming up in um, all these interviews that I do. Mom, so do you. And, um, you know, there's no question you're Jewish, and, and you, um, you're about the most, um, I guess, when I say Jewish person, I don't mean necessarily religious, but... Man, you've got Judaism in your heart. 
But Daddy, when, when uh, he grew up in Coney Island, was much more religious than you, and even was more religious when you guys were married. I mean, I, I can't help but think those beautiful Christmas Eve parties were a direct result of your family, not Daddy. So tell me about uh, when you met Daddy, how religious was he? Well, he came from an orthodox background. I mean, when I went to shul with Daddy, there was no such thing as you sit in the same room, what we called the mechitza, which was a shmata, a, a separation from the men to the women. That wasn't even good enough where Daddy's family worshipped. That had to be upstairs, downstairs. Women upstairs, men downstairs. Strictly kosher home. Nothing to do on Shabbat. I mean... Separate towels, separate soap, but that when they were kosher, you couldn't mix red and blue. You couldn't mix meat. I mean, they would cook 24 hours before Shabbat. I mean, he came from a very... Now, I know you're a a beautiful woman, Mom. In fact, most people seem to think I look like you, but what the hell did you do to get Daddy to all of a sudden celebrate Christmas? My God, Mom. (laughs) Well, I mean, that was the one thing when, when, you know, he came to Grandma's house. And that time of the year, and he saw, and he never questioned it. And so he he loved it. He embraced it because we didn't, you know, we didn't, um, uh, we celebrated the holiday as a festive day. We didn't, I didn't have a nativity scene at the end of the tree. No, you didn't, but you did have uh, Louis Iovine's reindeer on the roof, and that got uh, Lyle Wilpon's mother all pissed off at me. Yeah, but that's not a significance of the religion of Christianity. I didn't, like I said, to reiterate, I didn't have a nativity scene. I didn't have the Star of Bethlehem on top of the tree. Although you had a tree bigger than Rockefeller Center. (laughs) Well, it couldn't fit nothing else. And then, of course, who could forget you at midnight making all these, you made all these traditional Italian dishes. You were making chicken molatine for Italians. Oh, absolutely. Well, I waited till midnight to serve because they went to midnight mass and they wouldn't eat before they went to mass. So they were eating all day, all night in my house. It was great. It, it, it was great. We didn't, we didn't observe the, the uh, Christmas. Day, we celebrated. It right. was a celebration. It right. was a party. That's yeah. all it, it was. It was a great party. And that's, and that's how I grew up, too, with Grandma and Grandpa. We didn't have a, a Daddy Minnie. We didn't have a, a nativity scene or right. anything. Well, my, my, brother, my mother says Daddy Ninny. Uh, his name was Sidney. And that's I am right. named after my, my mom here, Naomi, her father, that's my grandpa, right. Sidney. And the first grandchild couldn't say Sidney. It was Derek, God rest his soul. So he used to say, and he called yeah, that uh, yeah. Daddy Nitty Daddy because Uncle Norman was in the war, and he didn't come home till Derek was four years old. Uncle Norman uh, was a war hero, mind you. When you oh, in those days, God. they used to show the war footage in movie theaters. There were no news, and my uncle, uh, God bless his soul, who was actually the father of my cousin Norm Coleman, who you guys know was the mayor of St. Paul for eight years, senator from the great state of Minnesota. And uh, he is, he's been the ambassador since Bush to Israel. And I spoke to your nephew, my cousin Norm Coleman, yesterday, and he is really excited about this trip. Oh, that's what I wanted to ask you. Did you ever speak to Dooley yeah, about I did. it? Oh, so did. you did. Yes, huh? he was very yes, excited he yesterday. He goes there a lot. He, he does, he, yes. He's very involved with the uh, Jewish, uh, uh, you know, that whole commission, Jewish yeah. commission for yeah. the government, you know. So what do you think? Uh, i got about three minutes to go. Give me uh, your insights on uh, how your boyfriend Donald Trump did the last uh, Iowa and New Hampshire. Well, 
Well, yeah, well, first of all, I want to say that what you just, the last segment with Ted Cruz, what he, oh, I mean, that was unbelievable. I mean, what he said about these animals, these Democrats, <laughs> he was right on point. These animals, these animals, that this creature in the White House, they're his, their best friends, is, un, I mean, he is just, he's wonderful. He really is. Now, I haven't heard what's going on in South Carolina. I have the news on from the from early. What do you want to know? What do you want to know, Mom? What's, what, about what the numbers are between him and You, the, you want the, the numbers? Beauty. I can't yeah. stand her. Uh, I, I can't stand her either. Uh, yeah. I cannot. She's a backstabbing traitor. Well, don't Davidic. worry about the numbers, Mom. The, the latest numbers have Trump, the latest, have Trump leading uh, backstabbing traitor Nikki Haley. You ready for this, Mom? Yeah. 34 points. 34. So he's going to kill her, maybe by as many as 40 points, and maybe it'll shut that lady up. So he's um, so, uh, he's doing great. The minute great. she comes on, Sydney, I, I put I put my TV on mute. I cannot <laughs> listen to her voice. The minute she comes on, yeah. I put it on mute. I can't yeah. take her. I just cannot take her. And no. she's so full of it. She's so full of herself. She's so full of it. I just, uh, I mean, well, I mean, if it's, I mean, but I mean, at least that the other guys, at least they bowed out. At least right. they finally did the right thing. Showed some class. So, yeah, Vivek and, um, and of course, uh, yeah, the sanctimonious. And the yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so on the way out, uh, you said you were nervous, and um, I'd be lying to you, even though uh, I've been told by a million people that there's a much better chance I could get attacked on the subway today. Much better chance than Hamas attacking me next week in Jerusalem. It's cute when they say that. But the truth is, it is a war zone. There are rockets flying overhead. There are terrorist attacks. So it's kind of silly. But but uh, aside from being nervous, what is your final message from me, Danielle, your grandchildren, and all your fans here in New York as your son makes his pilgrimage to Israel? Well, I, I just, I depend strictly and wholly and whatever word I could, whatever other word I could use, I just, I, I cleave to to really to Hashem slash God to take care of you, Danielle, and my Gabriel and Ava. I, I cleave to him to take care of all of you. And I think that Hashem will. I really believe that strongly that he will. I think he's a powerful force. I mean, he's not to be seen. Nobody ever saw who or what or where, but we know that there's a power above all of us. Jews and Christians and all people, I believe that there's a power that we cannot even understand or touch. But as a Jew, I believe Hashem will take good care of you and Daniel and my Ava and my Gabriel. And yes, I am nervous. I would be a liar if I said I wasn't. But you know what? Like I said before, you have to do what you have to do. This is something that's in your in your neshama slash soul. This is something you want to do, and I think it'll be an experience. I think wherever you go, Sydney, after this trip, no matter where you go, no matter where the, the God takes you, nothing will be as impacted with you right. as this script with you, yeah. Danielle, and the children. I, agree. I think this you, this will stay with you children forever and a day. I do believe I that. I believe you're right. Well, listen, Mom, I love you. You know I love you so much, and um, we'll be thinking of you and Daddy. When we are there, I will make a prayer, I promise, at the Western Wall for you and Daddy. 
And uh, just know that uh, we love you very, very, very much. And don't be nervous. I'm going to be okay. I'm a tough kid. Okay, Mom, I love you. I know that, but still. But Daddy and I, I know I have faith in Daddy, and I know Daddy will take care of you, all of you. I know that because he loved you with every inch of his being. He loved you as much or more than me. So with that Ah. said, please be safe, my son. I love you. I love you, too. I'll just go to break. Mom, I love you. Thanks. Is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Like my mother, Naomi, she was terrific, made me cry three times. I'm going to play that again at 930 for some of you folks that may have just gotten into your car, just put us on. A lot of you folks put us on. When my buddy Curtis comes on now, so we'll replay Naomi. It was that good. In fact, I got a beautiful message from Anthony from the garage where I buy a lot of my clothing these days. Him and Joseph Abood, a beautiful message from Pete Morgan. And uh, who's that pretty girl who works um, Fox Business? Uh, Nicole, she's Greek. Uh, Pelotitis, how do you say it? That's exactly it. You got it. Finally. Did I get it right? No, you're about as close as you got. I met her for the first time at the WABC Gala. Piscopo walked her over to me. And um, well, it occurred to me I'd seen her on TV a bunch. And she was listening this morning and loved my mother. And I keep telling her we should do something with the opening bell or the closing. First of all, she's Greek. So right, right off the bat, she's got some type of relationship with John Katsimatidis. But she should be on. But like the opening bell or the closing bell. Well, the closing bell's at 4 o'clock. But opening bell with Nicole, no? She's great. She, she is, is great, great, right? Yes. And she wants yes. to be on the show. And yeah. I want her on the show. So we got to figure something out. Everybody wants to be on this show. Trust me. Everybody. Only so many minutes. I mean, I have emails uh, from Israel uh, for next week. Uh, one organization, this is unbelievable, Justin, I sent it to you. They deal with amputees, people who lost limbs in the October 7th attacks. And they want to well, get together. And I just, and some of these people I can't say no to. These are beautiful people, you know, like Curtis. Curtis is a beautiful person. He's got something on his uh, arms, though, that is so grotesque that I feel bad for Nancy that she has to sleep with him. But it's not his fault. You know, he's been sick. For a couple of months here. But here's where it is, Curtis's fault. For the genius that he is, and he is a genius, great, 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 great Hall of Fame radio guy, knows history like nobody else. You thought Bernard was good. He was. Curtis is better. He knows everything about New York. He's a genius. But I told him two months ago he's got scabies. Guy's itching like like an animal in a zoo. And um, for two months he's been taking every other medication Except the medication I told him to take two months ago. Ivermectin. And what do you think Curtis showed up with yesterday? A two-month supply of Curtis? Ivermectin. Yes. Now, Do- why don't you listen Dr. to me? Dr. Sidney Rosenberg, your mother, your father would be very proud. They always wanted you to be a doctor. <laughs> you, you were the only one 
to hit it two months ago. I would have avoided all this scratching, the scratchathon, and it's driving me crazy. I can't go to sleep. It's now all over my body. Oh my God! You saw it, right, Sid? It looks yeah, like rough. it looks like I'm a like a, a leper, like a leper. Exactly. Yeah, and you're handsome, good. and you're a good-looking guy, yeah, and all where's, that. Where's Mother Teresa? She's not a lo- <laughs> around any longer to take care of me. I'm in the leper colony, <laughs> and who got it right? Doctor Sidney Rosenberg, proving <laughs> the Jews make the best doctors, even when they haven't gone to medical school. <laughs> Don't go to any other doctor. Go to a Jew, even oh, if you God. wonder, where did you go to medical school? Doesn't matter. You're a Jew. Maimonides. <laughs> Maimonides. They all read the book of Maimonides. I'm glad that uh, you'll be on the road to recovery. You'll take that uh, six of those this week, six of those next week. Masturbate as often as possible, and you'll be fine. You okay? told me that two months ago, and I was at Doubting Thomas. You know, Doubting Thomas, get it? Back to the apostle doubting Thomas. <laughs> got it. You're going to Jerusalem. Uh, By the way, having been to Israel three times, and after the second intifada, when not even the Jews went, you will be safer in Israel than any subway line anywhere in New York City. In fact, you could walk amongst the Palestinian Christians and Arabs and Ramallah in Bethlehem, right outside of the tomb of Rachel. You could go to Hebron, the tomb of the patriarchs. You will be safer amongst those people than you would be on a subway well, system well, well, in New York City. Well, first of all, you're saying that because you take every opportunity you can to take a shot at my dear friend, the great Michael Kemper, who I think is doing a great job. But on a serious note, that may have been the case when you were there those three times. And again, Curtis, a million people have told me that. It's a war right now. And I can tell you there are Israelis that I speak to regularly that are afraid to even have Arabs as their cab drivers. So that may have been the case when you were there, but right now it doesn't feel that way. You can just walk amongst you, the Palestinians. Let me just say, you will be safer with an Arab cab, a cab driver in Jerusalem than you would be with any of these crazy <laughs> cab drivers here. We're going, Allah Akbar! You're probably right about that. You're right. Now, now let, let, I'm looking at this gorgeous page 28 in the New York Post. Ladies and gentlemen, you have to go out get the hard copy. You forget the online edition. You got to go get the hard copy and put it in uh, a frame and put it on the wall because for the first time in the history of Sid Rosenberg being birthed in Brooklyn, wanting to be a Supreme Cuisine, a leg breaker, who has been the best hitman in movies of late, Gravesend, <laughs> etc. Here he is. Now he's being anointed the man of peace, going to the Middle East, to Israel, ready to win the Nobel Peace Prize. <laughs> Now, I'm saying to myself, let's see, there was Jesus, man of peace. Oh, wait a second. The Hamas supporters have said he was a Palestinian. He would support the Palestinians. Gandhi, right, man of peace, he hated the state of Israel. He sided with the Palestinians. And, of course, what would Martin Luther King Jr., man of peace, do? He would have been siding with the Palestinians. So you, who came on the air, I mean, within days of the actual pogrom on on the 17th, 7th, you know what you did? You said, kill them all and let Allah sort them out. I did do that. Man of peace. And I still feel that way. Uh, you know, when, when the New York Post writes, as they did today, delivering a message of peace, that is true. I want there to be world peace. I want people to live together. But there's not going to be world peace 
until we kill a lot of mother efforts. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Sid, when I think of men and women of uh, peace in the world, you're like last on the list. <laughs> I don't look like a peaceful guy. No. no. <laughs> and let me tell you something. You are not a man of peace. You're Jabotinsky. He was not a man of peace. He said, that's our land. We're entitled to that land. In fact, you're more like Menachem Bacon of Ergun. Yes. That's right. We but, will kill all of our enemies. I'm wearing my uh, New York Stands with Israel shirt today that our dear listener Patty and her husband Harry uh, made for me. And I got these uh, dog tags, too, with Hebrew on it, which keeps you safe when you go there. I've already had a discussion with a detective who's going to meet me at the airport in Tel Aviv. So a lot going on for this yeah, trip. Yeah, but I noticed you didn't get uh, salutations, greetings, and a fond farewell from your very dear friend Eric Adams. You were patronizing Not him. true. You said not he, true. he loves the Jews. Not true. Not true. What do you mean, not true? He sent me a private message. Oh, on his burner I, phone? I didn't. He has a real phone now, of course. Really? I didn't, uh, well, I've got the number. Uh, I didn't put it on the air because it tends to bother you. And I can't believe I'm saying this because I spent most of my life trying not to annoy Danielle. But at this point, I try not to annoy you. So um, I did not have Eric Adams cut something for the show. Oh, thank you, thank As, you. Yeah, you're welcome. Because here's, yeah. here's the Quo guy, too. when he first ran for political <laughs> office against Congressman Major Owens, he was endorsed by screwy Louis Farrakhan and an Islam, yep. No, no, you have no proof of this. Oh, it is. Conrad Muhammad was his very best friend until the checks started bouncing from the Nation of Islam. Then he realized the Jews have shekels and they don't bounce checks. I want to retire in the Golan Heights. In fact, the other day I sent you him dancing in the middle of the day, raising the roof, dancing the horror. He wanted to get more and more Jewish shekels. What would he scratch Well, he was actually yesterday at the Holocaust Museum and all that. And you're right, Dove Hyken told me and Bernie that story years ago about Farrakhan. But I do want to get to an article you sent me yesterday. Yes. It was in the New York Post. Yes. And you're on top of everything as always. And uh, all these folks out there are telling me Cuomo's not going to run. Adams has to get indicted, has to go to prison. He wants no part of being mayor. He's good friends with Adams. And everything I read these days, including yesterday's New York Post, talks about Cuomo yes. running for mayor without without any other criteria in play. Yes, he, Do you think he's absolutely running? I know he is. You know he is. I know he is. And he does everything every day to try to nudge his very dear friend Eric Adams out. He wants to run just like he nudged out. Remember David Patterson was a governor, my husband-in-law? Of course. You would have thought David Patterson would have run, right, for the first time since he replaced Mitchell. No, he stepped aside. You understand, Andrew Evil Cuomo is like J. Edgar Hoover. He's got a file on everybody. And through Joe Pococo, his wartime consigliere, who is the hitman who's out of federal prison for, for doing political corruption for Cuomo, he's ready to go to war. And what's interesting is... Is there's still a healthy number of New Yorkers who still love the guy. And I don't know if you know this, but I was just going on and on about the Knicks beating the NBA defending champion Denver Nuggets by 38 points last night. It's such a big deal in New York that it's on the back and the front of the New York Post. The Knicks. And who sat courtside last night at the Knick game and MSG showed him not once but twice? Andrew Cuomo. Oh, well, why didn't you ask him this question? New York State is the state that says we will not cooperate with ICE. They're a bunch of thugs. He I, politicized ICE. I, They're a bunch of thugs. We said we will sue them if they violate any criminal laws in the state of New York. 
2018. 2018. Well, that was six years ago. Maybe he's changed his mind. Well, let him apologize. Why don't you Why don't you invite him on the airways and have him apologize? Do you think I went to the Nick game with Cuomo last night? I wasn't even at the Nick game. Well, you were probably there with who is that? Corey uh, Melandowski. Oh, Corey Zelnick. Yeah. No, I go there. with I go with Tracy Morgan. Oh, okay. And I sit yes. next to Spike Lee. All right, but the point uh, is, so you want me to bring Cuomo on the show? I want you to bring him on the show. I yeah. want him to apologize to Ice, and I want his very dear friend. Uh, Tom Swazi, who bogarted Mazzi's uh, press conference yesterday outside of Creedmoor as she was rightfully condemning that tent with the thousand illegal aliens. And I want you to ask him also to apologize to ICE. When I was county executive of Nassau County, I kicked ICE out of Nassau County. Aye, aye, when I was aye. county executive of Nassau County, I kicked ICE out of Nassau County. When I was county executive of Nassau County, I kicked ICE out of Nassau County. All right, enough of exec- that. Wow, so you got Cuomo and Swazi. Oh, they're like two butt cheeks. You know, uh, Mozzie Pillip, though, according to New York, won this morning. And I just got a beautiful picture from Peter King with Mozzie. And let me make this very clear. I am enthusiastically endorsing Mozzie yes, Pillip. Thank enthusiastically. You. Thank you. Even though she hasn't registered as a Republican. But according to New York, won this morning. She has declined to debate Tom Swazi. Why would she decline that? Why? Why, why? why would she decline that? Because Tom Swazi is lying about everything. You see in his latest ad, he actually has a picture of him and an ICE agent together as if they're embracing one another. No, 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 no. I'm telling you, there's a big rally tomorrow. Too bad you won't be here. American Legion out in Massapequa, Massapequa Park, 1 o'clock, for Mozzie over Tom Swazi, who hates ICE like his buddy Cuomo hates ICE, who both welcomed in the illegal aliens, and now they decide, oh, wow, immigration is the number one issue. we got to do a pirouette. Make them both apologize to the brave men and women of ICE who protect us each and every day. Will you do that, Sid? Upon your return. Well, it's interesting you're asking me to do that. I just got a text from somebody who wants you to apologize. For what? Well, the text reads like this. (laughs) Curtis is wrong once again. How many other times have you been wrong anyway? I mean, it feels like you're right almost every time. But it reads, Curtis is wrong once again. Now, this person is continuing to write, must be driving. I'll give you three guesses who wrote that. I have no idea. Oh, yes, you do. Uh, Andrew Evilize Cuomo. No, he's not texting Eric me. Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan. It's not Cuomo or Adams. It's not the players in the game. But Congressman it's... Peter King. No, he's not friends with All them. Right. He says Cuomo will not run against Adams directly one-on-one. That oh, is a quote. feathers. Okay, well, who's he's a guy? doing everything Who, who's behind a guy? the scenes. I, I agree with you, and he's doing something today that folks don't even know about. That says to me, you're right. But um, who is the one guy who's a dear, 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 dear friend of mine that you claim is in all these people camps, even de Blasio, too. Oh, Todd Shapiro. No, not Todd Shapiro. One of the greatest attorneys ever. Not Arthur Idala. 100%. Oh, that ass kisser. He's the one who helped elect de Blasio two terms. He's the one who's aiding and abetting Andrew Evilized Cuomo. Hey, Idala, tell your mother, Andrew, I send him a tusiu proyanos fachin. And like his father, Mario, he is. Oh, what a... 
Tukas kisser, ass kisser, <laughs> Arthur Rydell. What are they going to do? But throw you some money, Arthur? You're not making enough as a shyster representing Jeffrey Weinstein, that perv, that sexual assaulter. What a disgrace. Well, well answer this for me, then, because um, Artie, um, in his defense, I love Rydell. I disagree with you, but that's fine. Uh, in his defense, a lot of people agree that the only way Cuomo runs is if, in fact, Adams is uh, not even indicted because Trump's been indicted four times and he's still going to be the president. If he has to go to prison, if he becomes, quote-unquote, irrelevant, you're telling me it doesn't even matter at this point what happens to Adams? Cuomo is in. Absolutely. You know the Ides of March is coming up, right? Yes. Watch. He will stab Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, mayor of the illegal aliens, right in the back. You know what Eric Adams said last night no. at a town hall meeting? No. He conjured up the image of David Dinkins while referring to oh, Greg yeah, yeah, Abbott yeah. sending illegals to black-led cities. Hey, you schmuck, you putz, <laughs> Eric Adams. Yeah. I thought the Denver mayor was with you. What's the matter? You don't recognize that the Denver mayor is white? What are you not? You hate white people so much. Every one of them is a cracker to you. Yesterday he did an ode to David Dinkins. David Dinkins was the best man in the city of New York. He was New the York. worst. He was only the only one worse than Dinkins was De Blasio. Yeah, yeah. maybe Eric. Well, maybe Arthur Idella will uh, acknowledge that also. Well, he's not going to. And Kevin Breslin, the brilliant son of legendary Jimmy Breslin, agrees with Arthur Idella. Oh, he couldn't be more hopelessly wrong. They're both ass kissers of Andrew Evil. Cuomo. That Cuomo can do nothing wrong. What about all the dead people, Arthur Idala? What about all the dead elderly people, Kevin Presley? Do you just forget them? And because he wanted to go to the Hold White on, House... didn't Kevin Breslin buy you dinner at the Sorrentino one yes, night? Yes, he did. It doesn't matter. They were traditors. They are disgraziated. You tell your boy, Andrew Evil Eyes Cuomo, get in the ring with Curtis Sliwa, and I will eviscerate him, and he will apologize to Ice. I'll have him buff and bend and bow. The brave men and women of Ice who protect you, Kevin Breslin, and you, Arthur Idala, and your family each and every day and he disparaged them like his pet boy Tom Swansea. Oh, you all love those Democrats so much. Even when they support terrorists coming in here through our borders and want to handcuff ICE who bravely go out and protect us each and every day. A pox on all of you. You're pro-terrorists, anti-ICE, and anti-American if you're pro-Cuomo and pro-Swazi. You make me feel so good inside now. One of three. Sweet pretty woman, I just want you to know. Hidden Friends in the Morning, 77 WABC. And now, Sidden Friends in the Morning presents What's in Sid's Suitcase on His Trip to Israel. Okay, now let's see. I don't see any combs or any hair gel. Oh, here's a heart-shaped photo of Lou Ruffino. And a ticket stub that says, Bet the Jets? A giant hearing aid. Oh, there's so much self-tanner in here. I bet so Sid gets that gold Middle East tan. And finally, a phone with GPS. So he doesn't get lost in the desert. 
like his ancestors. Keep listening to find out what else is in Sid's suitcase. On the first part of the journey, I was looking at all the life. There were plants and birds and rocks and things. There was sand and hills and rain. The first thing I met was a fly with a buzz and the sky with no clouds. The heat was hot and the ground was dry, but the air was full of sound. I've been through the desert on a horse with no name. It felt good to be out of the rain. In the desert, you can remember your name because there ain't no one for to give you no pain. I have been through the desert on a horse with no name. Great song by, well, America. That's the name of this band, folks. America, as I head towards the Middle East. What's in Sid's suitcase? Good stuff there by Chris Libertini. Now, before I get to uh, Andrew Giuliani, Judge Napolitano, Joe Tacopino, Siggy Flicker, and I'm going to replay my mother, who uh, was just outstanding this morning at 645. People have been uh, sending in these messages, wishing us well. So I reached out to uh, my friend Jesse Waters. You know, I'm really on two shows on Fox News, and that's why I turn down Newsmax almost every day. Every day. I've turned down other uh, news networks, because I remain loyal to Fox News. Brian Kilmeade puts me on his show One Nation every month, and Jesse Waters has me on Waters primetime occasionally. So I reached out to these guys and said, um... Why don't you do something nice, you know, and send a message, just like Jim Kerr did from Q104, just like Elvis Duran did from Z100, just like Joe Beningo did from WFAN. And they said, sure, we'll do it. So Waters did a whole video right there on the set of where he does his primetime show, which I have to tell you, folks, gets over 2 million viewers Closer to three, really, every night at 8 p.m. He's the new 8 p.m. guy, you know, Bill O'Reilly, Tucker Carlson, Jesse Waters. And the video is on my Instagram, and he looks great. You can watch it this morning at Rosenberg.Sydney, at Rosenberg.Sydney, my Facebook page, Sid Rosenberg as well. Here's what Jesse Waters had to say from the studios of Fox News last night. Sid Shalom. Am I saying that right? I'm not Jewish, but I love you, and I want you to be safe when you're going over to Israel. I hear you're going to commemorate the people who passed away so tragically in this Hamas raid. Do the right thing. Israel loves you. We love you. Well, some of us do. Some of us just tolerate you. But Godspeed. God bless. Thank you for everything you've done. We're grateful to you. And stop making me do these stupid videos for you. I'm busy. (laughs) Well... I did ask him to do it, and he did do it. So thank you uh, very much to uh, Jesse Waters. <laughs> that's my guy right there. That, I believe that's the most viewed show of all these shows once you get to prime time. He has more viewers than Ingram or Hannity, certainly than Gutfeld, and blows away Newsmax, CNN, the rest of these folks. So congrats to Jesse Waters. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Good morning, Sidney Arthur. I have to say this, okay? I give you major props 
for going to Israel. I mean, you you now have you know you have now moved up from being you know from the days of Imus when you were looked at a certain way. Oh, this guy's a clown. This guy is this and that. You have now moved up to being a legitimate big time uh, you know political, however you want to say it, news guy. You're going to Israel. I give you tremendous credit for that. Right there from uh, WFAN legend Joe Beningo. It's very nice of Joseph. Thank you. MJ, your significant other, Lewis, your girlfriend, sent me one of the nicest messages I've ever received in my life yesterday. She's a a sweet, special girl, your girlfriend. So I love you both, but that was very, very nice. Really very nice. Yeah, she read it to me, and I said, well, when am I going to get one of those? Never. never. Probably not. She likes me more. Yeah, that's okay. And uh, Joe Parisi checks in, Mr. Gristini's, Mr. D'Agostino's. I love Joe. He's a really close friend. He says, uh, be safe, you and the family. Your mom had me in tears this morning. I'm going to stop by the cathedral today to say a prayer for you. And uh, we plan on me coming up after Siggy Flicker in the 9 o'clock hour. But we do put this time aside every Friday for one of my best buddies. I love this guy. saw him yesterday, the great Andrew Giuliani. Andrew, good morning, pal. How are you? Sid, good morning. And, and let me also reiterate what uh, so many have said before. Uh, just be safe over there, you and your family. It really is a milestone, I think, for not just Sid and friends and for yourself, but for WABC as well, to be able to be there while something so important is going on for the world, something so important for Western civilization is going on. And I've, I've used the term Western civilization a lot already in 2024, and we'll continue to use that as we get closer and closer to November and Election Day. Um, but really, kudos to you and, and kudos to the team for doing this and having the courage to go over there and be safe. I appreciate that, Andrew. I really do. Bobby Hartman, thank you, too. I just got your text. And um, it, it coming from you means a lot because I'm not sure people know this about you, but um, they know, of course, you worked under Donald Trump in the White House for four years. You know, and, uh, of course, that was uh, right before that great uh, government uh, governor run you, you ran a couple uh, last year. But um, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, the Holocaust... There's a, um, well, I guess a committee for the Holocaust, and you're on that, are you not? Yes, yeah, it's the U.S. uh, Memorial Holocaust Museum, and they have a committee, and and the president appointed me uh, along with, um, you know, other presidential appointees. I'm uh, certainly not the only one represented. It's a committee of 55 people. It's uh, five-year terms, so you have 
Uh, now you have members appointed by Trump and by Biden. We went down there last month for a board meeting, and, and it was actually the day after Elise Stefanik grilled the college presidents of Harvard, MIT, uh, and UPenn, two of which have, have since lost their job. Um, and so it was a very, very emotional, heated meeting, as you could imagine. Um, and there's been a push for the Holocaust Museum to do more. They have a massive budget to do more on social media, to do more to raise awareness to a lot of kids who long before they ever get to college end up hearing a lot about Holocaust denial. And, and I think that's where a lot of this hatred ends up coming from. So there's been a massive push to start educating kids as young as five, six, seven years old, just about the truth and about what happened, because then I think you'll have many, many different feelings uh, from our youngest generation about what's actually going on now. I think you have a lot less people that are going out there and siding with these pro-Hamas terrorists. I think you're right. And just yesterday, it's ironic you mentioned the Holocaust Museum because there was a major event there. My friend Natalie Sanindaji, very lovely young lady in her 20s, she survived the Nova Music Festival. You remember, Andrew, she was live in studio with me. Yeah, She was actually at the museum yesterday with the mayor, Eric Adams, and, and a host of others. They had a major event there yesterday. I told this story earlier. When I first moved to Battery Park, right after 9-11, right after 9-11, I know you live there now, but I was there years ago, um, they were building that museum right across the street from my building by my dog park, and then they opened it when I was living in Battery Park, and the very first night they had this grand gala, and I was walking my dog, and I bumped into Andy Rooney, the old-time 60 Minutes great, <laughs> who was on his way to that museum, and I don't know how many New Yorkers go to that museum. I'm sure you've gone many, many times. But I think you're right. I think the lack of education. I mean, my son is still learning about, you know, civil rights. He's still learning about slavery. God forbid they teach you about 9-11 or the Holocaust. That needs to change. One hundred percent. I mean, you could argue it might be. Uh, I don't want to say it's the biggest issue, but for some voters and for some Americans, it is the biggest issue. If you're a parent of a child who's either you know going to be going to school soon, who has been going to school, when you look at their curriculum, you know it's an issue that you're dealing with every single day. You know, in the city, you might not be dealing with crime, certainly violent crime, every single day. I mean, you you may see the quality of life starting to slip. Um, but you might not be dealing with that, even with the border. Right. I mean, it's something that we know it's going on every single day. And, and you're hearing about the migrant crisis. Maybe you do drive by Floyd Bennett Field. Maybe you do walk by the Roosevelt Hotel. So you do see that in your life every single day. And we obviously know how important that issue is going to be for uh, for keeping the sovereignty of our constitutional republic. Um, but when you talk about your child's education, that's something that you're confronted with every single day. And you can see the changes in your children if they do end up getting indoctrinated by a lot of this uh, BS, we'll call it. But this woke DEI stuff yep. Yep. that continues to push this anti-American, this anti-Israel, this anti-Western civilization propaganda. You are so correct. And, of course, my daughter is in college. She's going to meet us in Israel Sunday. Gaby on his way to being a sophomore in high school. But your little beautiful little girl, Grace, she's going to be a lot of schooling coming up. And uh, <laughs> they, they need to do a good job for her. We're going to take a short break. When we get back, the Andrew Giuliani George Santos feud went to a new level on this show just two days ago. You know what Santos said? How will Andrew Giuliani respond? Giuliani, 
versus Santos when we get back. Informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. George Michaels, or George Michaels. Yeah, it was Michaels. Michael was the sports no, guy. Singular. The other way around. Singular. George Michaels was the sports guy. <laughs> That's right. The sports machine. I love that show on Sunday nights. All right, it's uh, 8.03, and um, we're going to talk more here with Andrew Giuliani. So a couple days ago, George Santos was back. You know who loved the George Santos interview? Margot Katsimatidis. And she's smart. She's got a good ear. It was great. Um, I don't care if you hate the guy, and a lot of you hate him, that's fine. But he's entertaining, and when he rips into my friend Andrew, and let me just make this very, very clear, I'm much, much, much closer with Andrew than I am George, but um, I love it when uh, people fight, you know. Um, and it makes for very good radio. So George was all over uh, Andrew. It was my fault. I mean, every time he said something, I said, well, Andrew said that's not true. I mean, Andrew said you, you didn't support Donald Trump, and Andrew said that wasn't old clothing, and Andrew said, and he would just keep saying, oh, who cares what Andrew says? He's just some dopey kid, blah, blah, blah. So when you hear all that, Andrew, what um, what are you thinking? What have any response to George Santos? Or? I think the thing that, and maybe George realizes this, but I don't think he realizes how good of an endorsement it is when George Santos calls you a liar. (laughs) And I think that's independent of whatever political party you are, whoever you support for president. Um, You know, look, when you have somebody like George who has lied about his mother being in the Twin Towers on September 11th. Uh, Is is this true? I mean, this is he claimed that his mother was in the Twin Towers. He has tweets out there saying that his mother has died of 9-11 related diseases, cancer. Um, and there is absolutely no record of her being in the country at the time. Oh, my Forget God. About yeah, that's here. a bad one. And See, look, that's a bad one. Look, you, you and I uh, were just last week at Chief Esposito's funeral, a real hero who was down there, who was doing that work every single day, who gave years of his life for that. I have somebody who's very, very close to me who passed away a couple days after Grace was born because he was down there. He was doing that hard work. He was looking for his brothers, for sisters down there, trying to bury them and give their families some semblance of hope during the grief that they were feeling. And so for me, you know, when I see a guy doing that and I look at, you know, maybe some people in Republican circles, you know, having on to him saying, well, at least he supports Trump. Well, guess what? You know, just because you have a low life that's out there going on and supporting Trump like that doesn't mean you need to embrace him, especially if there's no explanation from the guy, if there's no sense of remorse, if anything, it seems like He's going to keep on doubling down on this stuff rather than actually expressing the remorse 
Um, and so for me, it's a little bit like, hey, I want an explanation about this stuff before I end up trying to make any kind of amends with this guy. And I have no problem pointing out these lies. By the way, we were mentioning the Holocaust before. He, mentioned, he was talking about his grandparents fleeing the Holocaust. I can tell you, there is no record of his grandparents oh being in the Holocaust. Oh you can look oh at the U.S. Holocaust Museum. And on top of that, oh genealogy records showed that they weren't there. So this guy is just a Oof. consummate liar. And look, when you have him on, there's no doubt. He sounds very charming. He has a good laugh, right? He knows how to do it. He knows how to play the game. But this guy's just a, a continuous liar, he, he, and he believes this stuff, right? I mean, he continues to lie about it. So, so that's why with George Santos, I look and I look at other, my other Republican friends that support Trump, those that don't, whatever, Democrat. Like, look, call this guy out. He's a lowlife. That's what he is. That's who he is. That's what he's been. I hope the guy's able to turn his life around because guess what? He is going to have a platform from now on. There's no doubt about it, right? The guy has been so high profile. He's going to have a platform. I really hope he's able to turn what's been a tumultuous first half of his life into something really productive in the second half of his life. I don't, I don't wish that against him. I don't want him to be somebody who for the rest of his life he's going to continue you know, to go in and out of jail. I know he hasn't been in yet, but, you know, the, the evidence looks pretty damning against him. Uh, and, though, for me, <laughs> when I look at the 9-11 Holocaust stuff, I'm like, you know. That's I, bad. Man, yeah, that's I, bad. I get over it. You know, if that, if that turns out to be true, that he um, said his mother was in the building and she wasn't, because I also don't F around with 9-11. You know, I don't yeah. care. You want to take somebody's money and spend it on Botox I just don't care. I don't. I wish I did. I don't. But you start talking about 9-11 involving yourself in that and or the Holocaust, and that's where I'm going to draw the line. So as much as uh, he entertains me and he's been nice to me, and I think he makes for a very, very good radio segment, if this turns out to be true, he's never coming on again. That's it. (laughs) He's he's got tweets talking about how five years ago his mother passed away. Send them to me. I'll I'll look for him. I'll send them to you here at the break. How about that? So and that um, I'm, I'm going to disappoint all your good friends like Johnny Tobacco, who love the guy. They love I him. I love Johnny, by the way. I love Johnny. We have other mutual friends. And by the way, I'm not telling my friends to pick a side. Like, you can be friends with the guy and, and support the guy and, and do whatever. I, I really am not saying that. I do think, though, that the world needs to know what this guy has said. And this guy needs to express remorse and have an explanation about it. Give me an explanation. Why did you do this? And do you actually legitimately feel remorse about this stuff? Otherwise, guess what? Then I'm going to keep on calling you what you are, which is a low life and a scumbag. Jesus. So let me ask you this on the way out. God, you're so sexy when you're like this. This is why Z loves you, Giuliani. I mean it. Uh, so we do this show on Sundays, right versus the left. And this guy, Chris Hahn, was here. He's a nice guy, but he was just too annoying. He was too far on the left. He's he's like Wiener, you know, uh, just completely delusional. So then uh, we had Curtis versus Wiener, but they're practically making love on Sundays. Katsimatidis jumped in, did a great job, and has been doing a great job up against Wiener. But there's no real hate there either. What if I offered to you on left versus right, even though you're both Republicans, Giuliani versus Santos, any interest in that? I mean, are we going to give him a Comrex so he can use it, you know, while he's behind bars here in a few months? Or, like, how's, he, how's that going to work? That's the question that I have. I mean, I guess you could start it, but then, you know, there's going to have to be some type of a, a respite or something like that. Would I go up to Sing Sing? How would that work? I just I just want to figure out the, 
logistics before we start agreeing on something. So if we can get the details of this, Sid, then, then let's uh, let's have a further conversation you know, next week from Israel. <laughs> okay. Uh, and uh, next week from Israel, it's not going to happen because there's no Friday show because of Shabbos. So if it's okay with you, I'm going to book you earlier in the week because I do want you on with me when I'm in Israel. Okay, pal? Absolutely. It would be my honor. And again, you know, really ha- have a meaningful, productive trip there. I know that you will. And it's so awesome that you're bringing the WABC listeners along with you and your family. If this isn't proof that Sid and Friends really is Sid and family, um, you know, we're going on a, a family Rosenberg trip here next week, and that's uh, it's pretty Thank exciting. Thank you. I love you, man. Thank you. That was a great segment today, too. You were very, very good. Uh, that is Andrew Giuliani here every Friday. His dad's here every Tuesday, mind you. Rudy, we get Rudy on Tuesdays, Andrew on Fridays. How lucky are we? We'll take a short break. Still to come this hour, Judge Andrew Napolitano and famed defense attorney Joseph Tacopina. Keep it right here. This one, right there with Policy of Truth, and of course, uh, the biggest hit on the album was um, Enjoy the Silence. Before I get to uh, the judge here, I played that Jesse Waters clip earlier. That was great, Jesse, cutting that from the Fox News studios last night. And uh, also last night, before he hit the airwaves on hundreds of stations, but of course, our station here at WABC between 6 and 9 every weeknight, the great one himself, Mark Levin. Mark Levin also sent a message to me and the show and everybody with our trip to Israel, and it sounded like this. Sid, my brother, I understand you're going to Israel, and I think that's very, very important. And I'm glad you're going to be there. I'm glad you're going to be meeting people there. I'm glad you're going to be broadcasting from there. It's very, very good. I've done that before. You're going to have a great time. But at this time, it's not about a great time. It's about a grave time. Please let all the folks there know how much we all support the millions of us. And I can't wait to listen. God bless and be very safe. My man, the great one, Mark Levin, thank you so much. We go from one great man to another, Judge Andrew Napolitano, here at this time every Friday. Judge Knapp, good morning, pal. How are you? Uh, good morning, Sid. I'm great, my dear friend. A pleasure to be on with you. I got to tell you, you have the most unique 
concatenation of friends from Eric Adams <laughs> to George Santos yeah. and everybody yeah. in between. To Donald Trump, to Mark Levin, to you name right. it. Yeah. You know, listen, I, I really believe this, that it gets very boring. And I, I'm going to call out a guy that I love. I love Sean Hannity. I love him. He's a great American. I won't make, uh, in nine lifetimes, I'll never make half the money Hannity has made. But he's boring. It's the same guests, the same people every day. I like to bring a different flavor. That's yes, all. You do. And you got to hear you from do. these people. He's the mayor. I don't care if you hate his guts. And believe me, Agreed. I get a lot of hate mail. I don't care. He's the mayor. He's got an important job in your city. You're going to listen to him whether you like it or not. You have heard me say this before, and Hannity should have taken a note of this. Back in the old days when Ailes was actually giving us lessons, lessons, how to look at the camera, how to talk, how to be natural, how to treat people you hate. He said you have to have friends on both sides of the aisle. And you, Sid, personify that. And I, I love Curtis, but when he rips into you just because Adams is your friend, I think he's missing the point. When you have the mayor on, when you have George Santos on, you are presenting to your public a different view of things than they normally get from the regular diet of conservative Republican talk. And that is a positive service that you are performing. I'm not saying that because I love you, because we're friends and colleagues. I'm saying it because I honestly believe it. Well, I appreciate that. And, and uh, now, now, Santos is going to say things like his grandmother yeah. was in the Holocaust, mm. and she wasn't. That is a very, very serious uh, mental disturbance that he has that he can't stop lying. That is not something to joke about. It's either true or not. I agree with you. I don't care if he put the uh, Botox in his face, and I don't care who paid for the Botox. But if he's going to tell a lie that reveals a, a fundamental uh, error in his brain, we need to know about it. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, kind of like that character that John Lovitz played. On SNL, you know, just, uh, but, but I'm going to give, uh, I just spoke to Andrew. I'm going to give George Santos, if he wants it, one more opportunity to come on, explain these tweets, because now I've seen the tweets. Now I have seen the tweets. Uh, one, do he, they claim, do they claim that the grandmother escaped the Holocaust? Uh, the last tweet that I got was more, was about the, uh, the mother dying in the attacks on 9-11. And then oh. five months later, Said she died in 2016. George Santos, 9-11, claimed my mother's life. So I'm blocking so I don't ever have to read this again. So he, he claims his mother died. She was in the buildings. There's no proof of that. And she died because of the 9-11 illness. And then he says his grandparents were in the Holocaust. If one of those two things turns out not to be true, then he's done. That's it. I don't care. Uh, but right. I'll give him a chance to explain it. Look, you're a judge. That's all we have, courts. Everybody has a chance to explain Correct. it. Even our mutual Correct. friend, the great Donald Trump, the next president of the United States, 45 and 47. I think uh, I hope DJT is listening this morning. I think he's still here in New York. But either way, he had a chance yesterday, and he testified. What do you think about that? I thought uh, the way the judge um, uh, narrowed his testimony uh, is an issue appeal if this tree uh, gives a substantial award to her from the former president and he decides to appeal. When you are the defendant and the plaintiff wants to take 
10 or 15 or, or, or $100 or 10 or 15 or $100 million from you, the defendant has the right to look the jury in the eye and say why it shouldn't happen. This judge limited the Q&A to four or five questions, and he limited the A, the answers. Are you ready for this? Yes or no? No explanations mm. were permitted from Donald Trump. Jeez. That is not fair due process. I know this judge and heretofore admired his work. I do not understand why he did that, and I can't imagine an appellate court will allow that to go undisturbed if Trump loses and if Trump uh, appeals. He had every right to look that jury in the eye and tell them what he wanted to tell them, and he didn't get a chance to do it. So every day I make this uh, walk. I get off the four, the five train or the two or the three train at Wall Street. Two of the three trains are a bit closer to the ferry, but they're both by Wall Street. And I, I make right. this walk, you know, if I get up the four or the five, it's about seven blocks. The other one's about five blocks. And I walk past the New York Stock Exchange, and every day, Judge, there's a ton of tourists out there taking pictures. So yesterday, I walked past this young couple, cute, and they said, do you mind taking a picture of us so we can both be with the stock exchange in the background? I said, sure. I said, uh, where are you folks from? I want people to think New Yorkers are friendly, you know. And uh, they said, we're from Texas. I said, I got to tell you, your Governor Abbott, he's a real hero. And I swear to you, the gentleman says to me, then what's up your mayor's ass? Just like that. He goes, then what's up your mayor's ass? And, of course, he's talking about Eric Adams calling Abbott a racist and most recently suing, <laughs> going after Abbott legally. When, of course, Abbott is the guy he should really feel badly for much more than Eric Adams. What's your thoughts on all that? Well, if I had been on the Supreme Court, I would have dissented from that ruling that came down uh, late last week which permitted the federal agents to remove the the razor wire and other barriers that the state had put uh, in the Rio Grande uh, River. And I would have done it for this reason. Nobody looks at the Constitution anymore. It's, it's just practically disregarded. If you read the Constitution, you'll say, you'll see the feds are in charge of naturalization, who becomes a citizen. The states are in charge of immigration. Who enters those states? Greg Abbott has every right to keep illegal, undocumented aliens out of his state, and the feds should not be permitted to interfere with it. In that respect, I think Greg Abbott is a hero, and he's not going to back down. And Donald Trump has encouraged him not to back down. Of course, this wouldn't be happening under a Trump presidency, but we are stuck with Biden uh, for at least the next uh, eight or nine uh, months. He wants as many of those folks in the country as he can, because it will uh, affect uh, the population uh, in a way that will affect the Democrats, because it will show more people in Democratic districts and there'll be more Democrats in the uh, uh, in the House. And of course, he hopes that someday those people somehow will register to vote. This is absurd. The other problem, of course, is the Supreme Court has said once they're here, entitled to all the safety net benefits that we give Americans, food, shelter, clothing, safety, health care, education, at the expense of the states, not at the expense of the feds. So if the states have to pay for all that, they should be able to limit it. What do you think about talking about the Supreme Court? I agree with everything you just said, by the way. You're just you're perfect. Uh, the Supreme Court main 
came down with a decision a couple of days ago. This, of course, folks, goes back to Colorado and Maine doing the most unconstitutional thing ever. I mean, ever keeping my friend Donald Trump off the ballot. What did you think of the Supreme Court's decision in Maine a couple of days ago? I don't think they uh, should do anything until the U.S. Supreme Court rules. Remember, they're not interpreting state law. They're interpreting the federal constitution. So Minnesota, which has one of the most liberal Supreme Courts in the union, ruled the exact opposite of Colorado. But you can't have 50 different interpretations of the same clause in the federal constitution. It is the duty, the affirmative duty of the Supreme Court to say what the Constitution means and how it should be applied. Uh, in in uh, three weeks, on February 12th, this will be argued in the Supreme Court uh, of the United States, and they're going to rule right away because everybody wants to know before Super Tuesday, right. can Trump's name be on the ballot? Of course his name can be on the ballot, but they'll set forth standards as to how the 14th Amendment should apply and whether it even applies in the case of the presidency. So mark that down, Alec. February 12th is going to be a big day because they're going to decide on this. The courts, it's also the day after Super Bowl 58 in Vegas. So we got a big show coming up on yes, Monday. Yes, you do. <laughs> well, do hey. you have an extra ticket for me for, uh, on your trip next week? Man, am I, am I envious and jealous and proud and happy that my friend is doing you is doing what you're going to be doing next week it is uh it is just terrific of you wherever you are uh in politics wherever you are on bb netanyahu sid rosenberg doing his show from uh israel is a big international deal and i am so happy and proud that you're my friend and that you're doing this i feel the same exact way about you you know that um i have an immense amount of respect both personally and professionally for you but it's not next week my friend tomorrow night I'll be on L.I. on my way to Israel. Oh, God bless you. I do want to give you just one little piece of advice before we end this segment. Oh, don't walk around and the guys are screaming, I'm Jewish? No, don't do that. (laughs) Don't do that. But also, I don't think Bibi will like this. Don't tell them that you're the king of the Jews. (laughs) (laughs) But you know who said that first? Yes, I do. (laughs) Your dear friend, the great Bill O'Reilly. Wow. Yes. Wow. How about that? (laughs) Uh, You know, it's funny. You don't, uh, O'Reilly doesn't follow you anymore because you're on Fridays now and he's on Thursdays. So you can't do the old say hello to O'Reilly for me. But um, I know he was on your podcast two weeks ago, right? He he was, and you know I have a very very libertarian base. They slaughtered him, and they beat me up. (laughs) And then this this week they're saying, "Bring him back, bring him back, beat him up." (laughs) When am I going to be on this? uh, You get like millions and millions of uh, hits. When am I going to be on this big show? Whenever you want. We're uh, up to between seven and eight million a month. Wow, it's really uh, it's really uh, extraordinary. But you know, I was on O'Reilly's show three times a week. For 10 years. Yeah, yeah, I remember. My time at Fox, he decided he'd rather have, uh, let's just say, human beings that are more physically attractive than I am and showed more of their body parts than I do without getting sexist here. Oh, that this would be was Kim- the first time. I remember that would be that would be, that would be uh, to be exact, Kimberly Guilfoyle and Ebony Williams and others. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, but this was the first time that I got to interrogate him and cut him off. Oh and boy, boy, did I love every minute of it. <laughs> <laughs> You're like the old high school guy who, uh, you know, was shunned by all the ladies. 
never became homecoming king, and then ended up on People magazine as the country's sexiest man. That's what that was I like, right? <laughs> Judge Knapp, I love you, bro. Be, uh, be safe Thank and you. be yourself. Thank you. You're the best. What a great, great, great appearance there by Judge Napolitano. He's always great. Uh, that'll bring us, I guess, to a short break. Joseph Takapina is coming up. Siggy Flicker, one of the great voices in the Jewish community. She coming up live from Boca. Then we'll replay the conversation I had with my mom. All that is still a come. We're not even close to being done. 90 more minutes sitting friends in the morning. Friends in the morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Hi, Sid. Uh, this is your friend and uh, fellow morning guy, Jim Kerr. I've been thinking about your trip to Israel. I've been there. It was absolutely the most amazing travel experience of my entire life. And if these were different times... I'd have a list of great tourist attractions that I would recommend to you. Of course, we're not living in those times today, but I do hope you have a chance to visit all four quarters of the old city of Jerusalem, the Jewish quarter, the Christian quarter, the Muslim quarter, and the Armenian quarter. I'm sure that when you place your palm on the western wall, you'll experience the connection to the entire history of the world that is unique to that particular experience. And also, if you can, visit the uh, Church of the Holy Sepulchre. Walk down the street, you'll see you'll see plaques on the wall um, that point out the stations of the cross. Just to breathe the air in Jerusalem is a unique and unforgettable experience. And I hope you'll have an opportunity to enjoy that. Meanwhile, thank you for representing New York in Israel during these very, very trying times. And most of all, I wish you a very safe
that this show has the last voice you heard that velvet voice in my opinion I think I know Lou agrees with me one of the greatest voices in New York morning history I don't know you go back to whatever you want I don't care there are a lot of very famous legendary folks at this station over the last 102 years but good luck finding a better voice a better morning show host and a better guy than that guy a great guy Jim Kerr Hall of Famer and He's over at Q104.3, so while I'm talking for the most part for four hours a day, he's playing Led Zeppelin and Steppenwolf, you know. Yeah. I'd see him come out of the uh, studio, have a, grab a cigarette, go downstairs. That's you know, what he does. Five tracks yeah. are replaying. And every once in a while, he'll do like a live in-studio uh, interview. He, he actually had uh, Jagger and Keith Richards when I was in Puerto Rico, but he's a wonderful guy. He's so, he's even-keeled nice, oh, too. Nothing. And that voice... Hi. Hi, Lou. How's it going up there with Len and Michael? Uh, have, have they gotten any food delivered yet? <laughs> yeah. What's happened? I was telling somebody yesterday, they go, wow, that's pretty cool. Elvis Duran's E100 called in this week, and Jim Kerr, Q104, and they're like, that would be a really cool picture. I'm like, not exactly like Imus and Stern. You know, those those were real morning legends, but yeah. Well, that's a, be a cool picture. Kidding? Elvis Duran, Sid Rosenberg, and Jim Kerr. Yeah, with you, right. You're somebody said, what about Boomer and Science? And I said, shut up, I stupid. Need- Wow. Um, I, I will not be able to make that day if Boomer is there. I'm very sorry. Now we know he can do tour guides, too. Yes, now he can. can. Imagine being on a tour. I mean, he knew Jim. all four quarters of Israel. So. I'd like you to walk down the cobblestone streets <laughs> and observe to your right. It's very, very quick. You know, he's summer. actually come on this show twice live in the last year during his own show. Remember, you and I were all pissed off that the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame left out Warren Zevon. We were like besides ourselves, ready to kill ourselves. And we had, and Jim Carr played a, a, like a seven minute rock song. He must have played Hey Jude or something. And he came on live during his own show. That was like a couple of months ago. Just start a traffic song if I'm not back. Just play that. I love all those guys. Uh, We are one big fraternity, and uh, they're all great guys. All right, let's get some traffic from Joe Nolan and talk to another great Joe, Joe Tacopina, before I get to Siggy Flicker and my mother in the 9 o'clock hour. 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Hey, Sid, it's Elvis Duran over at Z100. We want to thank you for representing New York City as you travel to Israel. Spread the word of peace and be safe. This is my favorite Grateful Dead song. I know people love trucking and all that stuff, but play some of this. This is Shakedown Street, the Grateful Dead. Maybe that's 
Grateful Dead Shakedown Street. Joseph Tacopina is not only the best defense attorney in the world, and he was Donald Trump's best attorney. He just was. Yes, he's my friend of 47 years. You know all this. It's old. But he's tremendous at his job. And he's um, about the most loyal person you'll ever meet. But I have to tell you, Joseph, for many years, you spent many days defending me. I mean, seriously, legally, the DirecTV case or others. And I feel like the last couple of weeks, I spend my days defending you. Payback's a bitch. First off, I had to uh, deal with all these psychos when uh, you decided to part ways with Trump. And then I've only gotten, I don't know, about a thousand messages that Joe Tacopina is clearly not your best friend because he broke the news on Sharpton's show. I go, no, stupid. He was on with Al Sharpton on Saturday. He broke the news with me here the day before on Friday. But still, why is he on with Sharpton? So I'm going to let you explain. I don't think it's a big deal. It doesn't bother me. But it did uh, anger some of your fans here. So explain that away, please, if you wouldn't mind. First of all, you're right. (laughs) You were the first person I uttered a word about that, too. In, in, in any media form at whatsoever. When the New York Times wrote that piece, which was a very, very nice piece and, and Business Insider, I didn't speak to him. I no commented. Um, so, you know, the only person I spoke to initially was you. The only and by the way, if I, if, I really be, if I really want to be a dick, it told me even days before that. <laughs> you, you, knew, you knew before it happened. Right, it, right. It, but you and I have a different type of relationship. Right. I wouldn't say it to anyone else. Obviously, I trust you like a brother and vice versa. So you knew exactly when it happened, uh, before it happened. But but look, the Reverend Sharpton thing was this. I Look, I know there's, there's a, such a hard divide in this country, right? And you either are on the right or on the left. I'm sort of where I just where, – where I – where my compass takes me, and I use that word on his show, but it's where I am. Reverend Sharpton and I have had this relate. Look, he used to hate me, okay? I mean, remember this. Thing. Yeah. When I was representing all those cops in the Louima case and the Yalo and all those cases, he and I would go on TV and go crazy. I'd call him a race baiter. He'd call me a racist. And it was really vicious. And I was like, my God, this guy and I really hate each other. One day in a green room, he just started talking to me, and he turned out to be such a good, like a regular guy. Well, well you know what's funny about what you're going to say? Do you know who one of his best friends, and no, I can't stand it, but you know who one of his best friends is? He's about right versus the left. Who? Sean Hannity. He loves Sean. Sean's a great friend, because I know. Because Al is, you know, when I needed Al for the Meek Mill case, Meek Mill was someone who was a big rapper who was imprisoned by this lunatic judge. And, and she was a black judge, and, and, and you know, Meek was black, and, and there was some racial overtones there. And, and, you know, I needed his voice. I called him. He drove to Philly, visited Meek in jail with me, and started a, 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 a really a public campaign to, to sort of put pressure on this judge. Eventually, I got Meek out of that case. He was released, and the case was dismissed. But Reverend Trofton, when I asked him to jump, he jumped. And he's that sort of guy. He's a loyal guy. And so – I've been doing civil rights work for him for years, for 10 years for his National Action Network, civil rights cases, which are important to all of us. And, and anyone who says civil rights cases aren't important because they're on the right is, is, is a fool because that's not American. We're talking about guarding the civil rights of individuals, right? Not about race. I'm not, you know, I'm the right. furthest thing right. from a racist. Right. But I represent people on the right and on the left. So Reverend Sharpton said, look, if you're going to do any TV show, would you do mine? And... And it sort of reconnects us because I stopped doing work for the for the National Action Network 
when I was representing Trump because he couldn't have that. I understood that. Um, but but so I did. I agreed to do his show and only his show. Your show first, then his show, and that was it. I'm not speaking about it again. So that's why I did it. But the funny part is, four years ago, he gave me the National Action Network's Man of the Year Award, one of the premier civil rights organizations in this country. I got the Man of the Year Award for that organization. <laughs> and when I accepted the award, he introduced me. I said, you know, 20 years ago, you called me a racist. We were on TV. You were saying the worst things about me. I said, so if 20 years ago you asked me if I'd be getting the National Action Network's Man of the Year Award or Godzilla would cock Manhattan, I would go with Godzilla. <laughs> yeah. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, no, listen, I, I saw anyway, you. That's, I, that's what happened. I know. I saw you on Sharpton's show even when Trump hired you. You were on our show. It didn't. I, 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 listen, I couldn't care less. In me, again, Sean Hannity, who's the biggest conservative voice, who's on the phone with Trump every 10 minutes, every 10 minutes, him and Sharpton yeah. are best, best buddies. So it is what it is. I don't care. Uh, but talking about Trump, uh, since you did make that announcement that you two have parted ways, and to your credit, you continue to go on with me and other places and say, hey, regardless of whatever happened personally, if anything happened, if anything, you believe that he's been treated wrongly. Right. That's it. Well, I said that even on Sharpton's show, he said, look, he, he asked a question. Of course, the press spins things in, a, in a, the funniest ways. He said, is it possible he could get convicted in a federal case? I said, of course, it's possible. It's possible he get acquit- convicted, acquitted. It's possible it could be a hung jury. There are 12 jurors. It's possible. So then, of course, that became, I predicted that he could possibly be convicted. Be convicted, I mean, right. Not yeah. even, that's not a prediction. That's a statement of fact. No, it's no, the, that, that was, they, right. They were not right. fair there. That's kind of like, it's like when Trump said, when Trump said in Virginia, there are good people on both sides, they leave out the part where he goes, except for the Nazis, which he did say. So my question to right. you is, did Trump read that? Did somebody get back to you from Trump's team and say, really, Joe, already? He hasn't said a word. He, he Look, I, I've spoken to Boris a few times, and Todd Blanche and I, and Todd's a great lawyer, and he's and Trump's in great hands with him. It, it's it's It was obvious what I was saying, which is, you know, that anything is possible when you have a jury trial. But I also did say, Reverend asked me, he said, well, do you think there's a political bent here? I said, well, personally, I do. I do believe there's a political bent here. So there's nothing I've said in the past on your show or on anyone else's show that I'm backtracking on at all. I believe the Bragg case, the, the, the hush money case, so to speak, is is a non-case. I don't think there's a, a violation of law there. Um, I think that was, you know, they tried to shoehorn something in just to charge him. Um, I think that's pathetic, that case. I don't think there's there's any merit to it. Um, I believe, that obviously, that he didn't rape Eugene Carroll. I said that, and a jury agreed with that assessment. Um, so anything I've said in support of him, I believe in. Do I think there's a political bent to his prosecutions? Of course I do. I mean, it's not a coincidence that, you know, every time he turns around, he's got a new indictment. And and, and so I, it, it's not that I've abandoned my principles or my beliefs. It just was time for me to go on, say, for of reasons course. you and I have discussed in right. right. and, and, and publicly, right. because it's not right. Because it's not right to do that to right. him or to anyone else. I mean, I see all these lawyers leave and then go on and start bashing him. And they were his lawyers, and now he's the worst guy in the world and everything else. Or they were his lawyers, and every other lawyer, they, they start talking about every other lawyer. Right. It, it, it's so... It's so pathetic and yep. such a sign of insecurity, yep. and and that I just don't do that stuff, and it's not right. It's you have fiduciary obligation, and I will honor that fiduciary obligation, whether you know I'm representing him now or I was representing him. It doesn't matter. It's all the same. I have one more question for you, then we'll let you run. Uh, this has been a fascinating conversation, and and uh, you know we threw some stuff at you here, and you've once again come out like Rocky. Alan Dershowitz always says to me, 
I'll never represent somebody more than once because he did represent Trump years ago. And then uh, most recently, there was another uh, case, all of them actually, with which uh, Dershowitz really thought was a, a spit in the face of the Constitution. He's a constitutional attorney. And, and I guess him and Trump had a conversation, whatever. And and he, he I think he wanted to take the case. I know his wife hates Trump. So it makes his home life miserable. I'm being honest about that, Alan. I'm sorry. But he has a, uh, uh, a creed that he lives by, which is, I will never represent the same client twice. What about you? No, I don't have that creed. I mean, that's a, it's a case-by-case case decision. Look, I've represented people more than once. YG, I've had a few cases with. Uh, A-Rod, I mean, I'll represent them on anything. We, we dance before. We'll dance again. You know, not that you'll ever need it again, but God forbid you do. I'm here for you. We I, had three. I don't have that. You and I had three of those. Well, why do you think Dershowitz feels that way? I think, personally, that could just be a way of not representing Trump. Right, I think that could be right, just right. an excuse for not representing Trump. Because right. that's, that's a different... And he may have that rule, but I don't I don't see a, a real purpose behind that rule. If, if you had a great experience with someone, you got them out of something, or you've defended them, or, or you, you, you've secured justice for an individual, and years later they come back and they have another issue, why wouldn't they want to hire you again? That's sort of what, what normally the way the, the, the cookie crumbles, right? So, right. And if you like that individual... And they're willing to pay for your services. Why wouldn't you represent them again? I, I don't have that hard and fast rule. If it's you know, if there's an issue with an individual, that's one thing. That's a completely yeah. different story. Yeah. I don't have that here, and I don't have that rule. And and whatever. Look, I'm I'm busy. You know, I have that ASAP Rocky trial coming up. I have another major trial coming up. I'm representing a billionaire in a very public fight right now. That's you know. So so there's a lot of things going on that um, just required my attention and time. And and just for that and some other reasons that I'll keep personal. I just, Except to you, um, you know, it's, it was just time for me, and that's it. So there's no, it's not. I'm not going to be uh, Ty Cobb, who's on TV every single day, you know, bashing Trump. He's going to spend time in prison. He's a bad guy. He's a, uh, uh, you know, he's a misogynist. He's a this. He's a that. I, I'm not doing that stuff. It's it's it really puts a stain on the profession if you do it, and I'm just not going to do it. I keep your phone on because if I beat up a Palestinian in the streets of Jerusalem and they put me in some uh, slammer somewhere in Gaza, make sure you're available, okay? I'll be there in five <laughs> minutes, but the problem is there'll be two beaten up Palestinians if that happens. I'll come there. <laughs> then we'll need somebody else. We'll have I, know. Or something. I love your text when, when they have these rallies and I'm like all pissed off and tacos. I'm coming with you. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Takapina loves the I'll Jewish people there. as much as anybody. In fact, Takapina went to Yeshiva, God bless him. So, um... He's a real Jew anyway. Exactly. <laughs> hey, Joe, yeah. great, great appearance. The, the Haba Nagila Haba song, Dreidel, Dreidel, Dreidel. Yeah. I made it out of <laughs> Look at you. Look at you. That's a great <laughs> appearance, bro. I love you very, very, very much. Thank you so love much. You All right, take care. There he is, the great defense attorney. He is super. I love him on this show. Joe Takapina. Some more Grateful Dead, Siggy Flicker and Naomi. About to come your way. Friends in the morning, 77 WABC.
said shalom. Am I saying that right? I'm not Jewish, but I love you, and I want you to be safe when you're going over to Israel. I hear you're going to commemorate the people who passed away so tragically in this Hamas raid. Do the right thing. Israel loves you. We love you. Well, some of us do. Some of us just tolerate you. But Godspeed. God bless. Thank you for everything you've done. We're grateful to you. And stop making me do these stupid videos for you. I'm busy. my boy Jesse Waters. Jesse actually sent me this really cool video. You can watch it on my Instagram page right now at Rosenberg.Sydney at Rosenberg.Sydney You should also follow me on my Facebook page Sid Rosenberg. He actually did that little shout out last night after his show because Hannity is not in the same studio. You know, Sean's down in Florida. So 9pm last night, right after primetime Jesse cut that video and that audio you a funny guy, that Jesse Waters. Today is uh, Eddie Van Halen's birthday. That's why we're playing this song. It's not my favorite Van Halen song, but it's up there. Is this your favorite Van Halen song, bro? No, I'm just tired of hearing the same. I things. know, I jumping. Just, oh, God, that song, too. And the other one, too, that I do love with Sammy Hagar. What's that? Right here, right now. I love that song. That's a good song. Panama. That's a good song. Everything's great. Oh, Eddie's uh, dead a long time now, though. A couple, 2020. How old would have Eddie Van Halen been today? Uh, four more years, 69. Oh, hey now. Yeah, how about that, uh, talking about 69, how about his uh, wife there, Valerie Bertinelli? Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> one yeah. day at a time, Valley. Back in the one day at a time. Well, days. she was gorgeous. And she got a little heavy, fat, whatever. I can't say that. She gets really mad at me. She came on the show once. Oh. She was so mad at people calling her fat. She's not fat. She, she, first of all, she's still a beautiful girl. Beautiful. And they got a cute kid. His name is uh, Wolfgang. And he does a lot of the Van Halen stuff. Yeah, he, he's a pretty good musician, yes. right? Yeah, he's very good, actually. Eddie was one of the all-time greats, let's face it. Yep. You know, David Lee Roth was Jewish. Talking about me going to Israel, the great singer who did um, I'm Just a Gigolo. He was Jewish. Sure. Turn one of Chernoff's favorites. Could be the worst talk radio show host ever. One of the great rock and roll singers, but a horrible. He replaced Howard Stern. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> K-Rock, you've got Howard, the greatest of all time. I finish a distant second to Howard, and, and I don't care how liberal he is. He's still a great talk show host. And you go from him to David Lee Roth. Are you nuts? He was brutal, David Lee. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's just uh, endless. So, um, endless. So this uh, lady who works here, her name is Renee Cassis, I think. She's related to John. She's a great, great lady. So she wrote this press release about my trip to Israel. And, um, you know, she added some very nice quotes from me and John Katzmatidis, who I love, Chad Lopez, who I love. And then she asked me to mention some people who have inspired me over these months. So I gave her four people. She left one out for some reason, Lizzie Savetsky. I don't know why, but in the press release, you're going to see the names of Natalie Sanandaji, who I spoke to yesterday, beautiful young lady who escaped the Nova Music Festival, thank God. She's been in the studio since. Uh, also, Rachel Goldberg, she was on this show just two weeks ago. Her son, Hirsch, is still being held captive. And Siggy Flicker who was once a reality TV star out of New Jersey and is now about the most important Jewish voice in the country. That's how big she's become. 
also a very, very close friend of Donald Trump. So with that said, making her return, before I do that, let me send a quick shout-out to my friends Peter and Juliana Golia, father-daughter conversation, they, uh, combination. They love this show. And Marianne from Brooklyn talking about Howard Stern, who also loves this show. But here she is, lives from Boca, Siggy Flicker. Siggy, good morning. How are you? Good morning, my angel. Shalom to you, Sid. I am so excited that you are going to Amisrael Chai, one of the most incredible, magical, magical countries in the world. You know, how people, happy, how excited are you? I'm excited, I am. I'm a little nervous because I'm taking my kids. Um, but people people say to me, I've never been there before, it's my first time, and they, and they go, well, it's interesting you're going now. And I said, no, 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 no. It's not interesting I'm going now. That's exactly why I'm going now, because every person I talk to, and I've all of a sudden got a million friends who contact me regularly from Israel, every person I talk to, Siki, says the same thing. We need you now. We want you. They didn't need me on October the 6th. They need me now. That's why I'm going. Well, first of all, Sid, let me just tell you one thing. It's more dangerous to be in the United States now than it is in Israel. (laughs) And I know that a lot of your viewers are saying, what is she talking about? Let me just explain to you. We have 15 million illegal aliens here on American soil. It has been confirmed by Tom Holman, the former director of ICE. At least 600,000 jihadis are here. Okay, when you are in Israel, the IDF is now activated. You can bet. Yes, things happen every day, but you can bet that the IDF is taking care of business now and they're not stopping. There will be no ceasefire, no ceasefire. Israel will continue the job of taking care of the citizens of that country, securing um, the borders and getting our hostages home. We will not rest until every single body is returned to Israel. Dead or alive, we will not rest. There will be no, repeat, no ceasefire. And I want to just say to your listeners, I want to thank all the non-Jews who listen to your wonderful show, who follow you. And I want to say thank you for defending the Jewish people in the state of Israel. Because one thing that I know for sure is, first they come for the Saturday people, and don't think the Sunday people, they don't have you in their rear view mirror. Mm-hmm. Right now, mm-hmm. you're on the back burner, but they're coming for you because at the end of the day, and Sid, I spoke last night at the Republican Club, Club in Boca, and it's amazing how much people don't know. The Jewish people are only 15 million in the world. We're only 0.2% of the world population. The Christian population is about 2.7 billion. Muslim population is about 2.2 billion. The radical extremists, yeah, the 15 million, the canary in the coal mine, us Jews, we're right now the target. But guess what? If you pay attention and you turn off every news, every news show, but SIDS and a few other great credible ones, you will know that Christians are being persecuted throughout the world and churches oh, yeah. are being burned daily. Oh, yeah. 100%. And people need to open up because this is not a Jewish problem. You don't have to like the Jewish people. I don't care. Maybe your your Jewish neighbors care. I don't care whether you like the Jewish people or not. I don't care whether you like Israel or not. Most beautiful country. If you go there, just remember, Jesus never walked Italy, and Italy is one of my favorite countries. <laughs> I take my Catholic friends to Israel, and they're like, oh, my God. And by the way, Jesus didn't discover Israel in 1948. 
Okay? Right. Uh, the Jewish people have been living on that land yep. for thousands and thousands of years. And I want to say to all the Christian listeners, who do you think is protecting all the Christian sites? What do, you, do, you, do, you, do, you, do you think it's the radicals there mm-hmm. who are protecting the Church of Annunciation and Jesus' tomb and um, the place where he walked the water with, with Peter? No, it's the IDF. So I give all the respect to the Israeli Defense Forces where Christian and Arabs and Jews serve in the IDF to protect their homeland. And Sid, I am so excited for you. You're going to come back a different person. Everybody tells me that uh, not only will I come back a different person, but no one ever goes to Israel once. Like, once you go, it's kind of like the first time you have sex, I guess. You just want to keep doing it over and over again. I don't know, Siggy. Uh, <laughs> that's what they tell me. I um, love you. I, I do want to ask you about uh, President Trump. Uh, uh, what I love about you, besides your faith and what you mean to our people and uh, appearances like this and Jexit, Michelle, and all that great stuff, is your relationship with Trump. I mean, you're at Mar-a-Lago basically every weekend. He loves you. He really does love you. And you look at what this president is doing right now in the next two or three minutes. It is unbelievable how many stupid Americans are buying into Biden when he clearly plays on both teams. He says in one sentence, I'm there for Israel. And then you look at his record in the last two administrations, and he's funded Iran, who has funded Hamas, Hezbollah, all these Muslim groups. He plays on both teams. He's a no-good rat bastard. It's it's mind-boggling that when you talk to a liberal... And they say, oh, no, I think Biden's doing a good job. You see, there's something about playing both sides of the field. People have to wake up and understand that when a when when somebody from Gaza kills a Jew, there's something called pay for slay. That family gets 16 to 18 to thirty six hundred dollars a month. Who funds pay for slay? Your tax dollars. Ladies and gentlemen, your ta- when, when he calls up Israel and says, you know what, we should do a ceasefire, and then he's sending Iran $6 billion, do you think that money is going to have a party with chip sauce and guacamole? <laughs> or you think that party is going to feed the tentacles of the octopus? People have got to wake up and say, listen, I made a mistake. The Democrat Party is not what it used to be. When I sit and have dinner with President Trump, he says it's unbelievable. I can't do more for the Jewish people of the state of Israel than I've done. My daughter is a Jew. Ivanka Trump makes a better Jew than any liberal Jew. <laughs> okay? Yeah. He can't call his daughter on Shabbat because she's Shomer Shabbat. He, his grandchildren are Jewish. So for somebody to say, oh, he's such a this, he's such an anti-stimulant, it's all baloney. You have fed into the big machine. You see, every Every institution has been infiltrated by jihad. A lot of people are afraid to say what I just said, but let me repeat it because I'm not. Every institution, all our colleges, you get people, you get the radical jihadis in there who want to turn your country into Sharia law. Just stop going to therapy, get on a plane and go to Europe and see what's happening in Europe. It's so right in front of your face, but you choose to believe this government that everything they said has been wrong. They know how to get out there and be presidential. Barack Obama knows how to speak. B- 
Bill Clinton knows he knew how to speak and captivate a room and make women take off their underwear. And he says, I did not have sexual relationship with that woman. Meanwhile, you're all mad as a man because he said, grab him by the pee. But (laughs) you voted twice for a man who actually did something in the Oval Office to an intern. And he lied about it. You're hypocrites and you need to wake up because guess what? Now you're now you're feeling the pain. Because any Jewish family out there that has a child at school, you're worried. Our children are being bullied on campuses. Our children are terrified to wear their Jewish stars. They're taking off mezuzahs. We're in America. My father, a Holocaust scholar and survivor, warned me about this. And I said to him, Abba, you're crazy. It'll never happen in America. Ladies and gentlemen, it's at your front door. And now, instead of worrying about this man's tweets... Instead of worrying about his delivery, why don't you look at your children and your grandchildren and say, you know what? I got to get some medication for my Trump derangement syndrome, because if I don't, your children and your grandchildren do not have a future. And for anybody criticizing Israel, where a woman can walk down the street without a male chaperone, without getting stoned to death if her hair is showing, where gays are celebrated in Israel. They're not being thrown off of rooftops where a Muslim, a Jew, and a Christian could go to practice their religion and then serve in the IDF together. It is unheard of. Israel is the opposite of, of an apartheid state. There is no occupation. The Israelis pulled out of Gaza in 2005. We pulled our citizens out of there crying and screaming. That was their homes. We, we, we said, get out of here. We want peace. And what did they get? They get rockets. And you live in Sterot. And, and, and all you do is you have to go to the underground playgrounds because you can't even play uh, in a playground if you're a child because the rockets come in all day long. Mm. We have had mm. murders and bombings. It's time for people to wake up, yep. stand behind Israel. Yep. Israel's not falling. I, I, I love no, they're the not. propaganda. No, oh my they're God. not. <laughs> like people yeah. need to wake up. Israel's uh, not falling. Nope. I'm more concerned about America. Vote for the greatest president in the history of America, Donald John Trump. Siggy Flicker, Andy Cohen's loss is America's gain. My gain. You're uh, you're better every time you come on than the last time, and it's hard to do that. I love you, too. Thank you for the – I really wanted to bring you on before I went. That's how much you've meant to me the last couple of months, and and I do love you, and thank you for doing this. And I'll talk to you from – the Holy Land in a couple of days. Thank you so much. I'm Israel Chai. Thank you, Sid. God bless you. Thank you. Love you, too. God bless you, too. Siggy Flicker. So if you missed my mother earlier today, a lot of my listeners contacted me and said, wow, that one hurt. My mom made a whole bunch of people cry at about 645 this morning, including me. Naomi was at the very top of her game. If you missed it, don't worry. She coming up next. Moms, Naomi Rosenberg coming up. WABC. Lou Rafino continues to play the best music in New York. Sorry, Jim Kerr. Somewhere your friend Scott Muni is very proud of you, Lou. I know you hated him, but I did not hate him. 
I didn't hate him. Like, you I, weren't a big fan. Let's put it that way. I met him a couple of times. He was one of the nicest guys. I know. Me. He was a nice guy. The guy you liked that, um, what is his name? Uh, Scott Shannon. He's an asshole. <laughs> I don't think I did. I don't think, no. He was an asshole. The other person had the bad reputation. Todd Pettengill? Todd. See, when I worked with him, when he was at PLJ, Todd was nice to me. Scott was already a big star. Like, yeah. I, could, I couldn't care less. Well, I heard Todd treated people a little bit. Yeah, I heard the same thing. All right. Well, then you heard it. Well, I'm not like that. No, you're not. I you're treat you guys like family. Lunatic to everybody, yes. Your haircut looks very cute. That's good, but it doesn't give you license to keep putting your finger up my eye. <laughs> I mean, well, here's what we're gonna do. What are we now gonna... that you said that, we're gonna take a break. You're not because I need time to play my mom. Coming... I'm gonna walk in there. <laughs> no, you're not. And I'm gonna stick my finger in one of your orifices. I'm not sure which one yet. No, I need a chair. <laughs> I want you to please. I'll hold the door closed. Thank you. Sit in friends in the morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. This is Rabbi Joseph Potasnik here at WABC, and I know that Sid is going to Israel, and I just want to tell Sid there's a beautiful custom in Jewish tradition. When you travel somewhere, you hand the person a dollar bill, and you say when you arrive at your destination... Place this in a charity box because we believe when you're going to do a good deed, no harm befalls you. So, Sid, I'll ask John to give you that dollar bill. And I just want to say, go in peace, return in peace, and thank you for your great support for the people of Israel. Show you a plan. I figured it out. 
that promotion for Live Nation. I love Live Nation. LiveNation.com. Air Supply, one of my favorite bands. That's right, folks. I bench press 300 pounds. I look like the rock. I'm as masculine as they come, but I love Air Supply. Saw them once with the great Martin Mull at the Diplomat Hotel in Florida many, many, many years ago. And a special thanks to the rabbi, Joseph Potashnik. They do a great show, too, Rabbi Potashnik and A.R. Bernard, 7 a.m. every Sunday before the great John Katsimatidis puts on the Katz Roundtable, a tremendous show, 8 a.m. every Sunday. So all these um, people have been calling. we got a couple surprises today. One star, how about this one? One star at Fox News sent us a nice little tribute on the set last night. We'll get to that. But um, my mom. So I think I told you that my mom and dad, God rest my dad, soul, Harvey, I miss and love you, Pop. They traveled the world. I don't believe they ever got to Israel. They traveled to a billion places. My mother was a big deal in Nice. They loved her on the French Riviera. But I don't believe they ever got to Israel. And uh, this is going to be a big deal for my mother and my father. So joining me right now from, I don't know where she is. I'm not sure if she's in Aventura or upstate New York, is my mom, Naomi. Mommy, good morning. How are you? Good morning, son. Good morning. Where are I you? Am where... in, I am in Aventura as we speak for now. Yeah. Um, I don't know for how long, but I'll be here for a little bit. Well, why would you want to come back here? It's been raining and snowing and freezing. No, but it's nothing like upstate Sydney. Nothing. I, I know. Mean, it is brutal up there, but whatever. We do what we have to do. You know that. Anyhow, as as you as all my four children, you Danielle, Avery, and Gabriel, travel to Israel. Daddy and I have our hand on your heart. All of you, we love you, and I know that Daddy misses all of us, but he's doing what he has to do. I know he's taking good care of you, Danielle, Avery, and Gabriel. And I know that he'll get you there safe and bring you home safe to us. And I hope that this will be an experience of your life that you will never, ever forget. I don't care where you've been or where you travel to from this day on. Sydney, I'm sure you will never experience anything like this. The feeling in your in your heart, in your body, in your neshama slash soul will be something that you will never, ever forget, you and Danielle and the children. This is going to be an experience of a lifetime. I'm nervous. I'm frightened. I'm honest. But I think that what you four children will experience will be second to none in your life. Daddy and I have never gotten there, and I know that was Daddy's dream. But he's where he's there now because he's going to be with you and the children. You and Danielle and the children. He'll be there with you now. Well, I told you a couple of days ago, Mom, and damn it, don't make me cry. I'm already crying. I told you a couple of days ago that um, there's no real logical reason, outside of my talent, of course, uh, that I've had this just unbelievable success over the last year. Radio, TV, movies, talking to Trump, talking to Adams, going to Israel, people around the world that have started to love and revere me in this program, it's got to be Daddy. I told you that, and I really believe that's true. Well, I believe that, too. I really and truly believe that. I guess in one sense we are lucky, because if we don't have that, we have nothing. I mean, we just think that he just faded away. 
into the into the no place. Not my father. No way. No. No not way. daddy. Not my Harvey Sidney. No. Not daddy. He's there, and I know he's there, and I live for every minute that I think of him. And I do. I think of him every minute of every day. No matter what I do, I say, oh, Harvey. Yeah. So, you know, I want to talk about daddy for a second because he keeps coming up in um, all these interviews that I do. Mom, so do you. And, um, you know, there's no question you're Jewish, and, and you, um, you're about the most... Um, I guess when I say Jewish person, I don't mean necessarily religious, but, man, you've got Judaism in your heart. But Daddy, when, when uh, he grew up in Coney Island, was much more religious than you, and even was more religious when you guys were married. I mean, I, I can't help but think those beautiful Christmas Eve parties were a direct result of your family, not Daddy. So tell me about uh, when you met Daddy, how religious was he? Well, he came from an Orthodox background. I mean, when I went to shul with Daddy... There was no such thing as you sit in the same room, what we called the mechitza, which was a shmata, a, a separation from the men to the women. That wasn't even good enough where daddy's family worshipped. It had to be upstairs, downstairs. Women upstairs, men downstairs. Strictly kosher home. Nothing to do on Shabbat. I mean, separate towels, separate soap, but that when they were kosher, you couldn't mix red and blue. You couldn't mix meat. I mean, they would cook 24 hours before Shabbat. Oh I mean, God. he came from a very... Well, what, 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 now, what, now, I know you're a, a beautiful woman, Mom. In fact, most people seem to think I look like you, but what the hell did you do to get Daddy to all of a sudden celebrate Christmas? My God, Mom. <laughs> well, I mean, that was the one thing when, when, you know, he came to Grandma's house at that time of the year, and he saw us, and he never questioned it. And so... He loved it. He embraced it because we didn't, you know, we didn't, um, uh, we celebrated the holiday as a festive day. We didn't, I didn't have a nativity scene at the end of, at the end of the tree. No, you didn't, but you did have uh, Louis Iovine's reindeer on the roof, and that got uh, Lyle Wilpon's mother all pissed yeah. off at me. Yeah, but that's not a significance of the religion, of Christianity. I didn't, like I said, to reiterate, I didn't have a nativity scene. I didn't have the Star of Bethlehem on top of the tree. Although you had a tree know, bigger than Rockefeller Center. <laughs> yeah, well, you couldn't fit nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> And then, of course, who could forget you at midnight making all these, you made all these traditional Italian dishes. You were making chicken molotini for Italians. Oh, absolutely. Well, I waited till midnight to serve because they went to midnight mass and they wouldn't eat before they went to mass. So they were eating all day, all night in my house. It was great. It, it, it was great. We didn't, we didn't observe the, the uh, Christmas day we celebrated it right. was a celebration it right. was a party that's yeah. all it, it was. was a great party and that's, and that's how i grew up too with grandma and grandpa we didn't have a, a daddy mini we didn't have a, a nativity scene or right. anything well my, my brother my mother says daddy ninny uh his name was sydney and that's i am right. named after my my mom here naomi that's, her father my grandpa right. and sydney. the first grandchild couldn't say sydney it was Derek. god rest his soul so he used to say, and he called yeah, that uh, yeah. Daddy Nindy Daddy because 
Uncle Norman was in the war, and he didn't come home till Derek was four years old. Uncle Norman uh, was a war hero, mind you. When you oh, in those days, God. they used to show the war footage in movie theaters. There were no news, and my uncle, uh, God bless his soul, who was actually the father of my cousin Norm Coleman, who you guys know was the mayor of St. Paul for eight years, senator from the great state of Minnesota, and uh, he is—he's been the ambassador since Bush to Israel. And I spoke to your nephew, my cousin Norm Coleman, yesterday, and he is really excited about this trip. Oh, that's what I wanted to ask you. Did you ever speak to Dooley yeah, about I did. Oh, so did. you did. Yes, huh? he was very yes. excited he yesterday. He goes there a lot. He does, he, yes. He's very involved with the uh, Jewish, uh, uh, you know, that whole commission, Jewish yeah. commission for yeah. the government, you know. So what do you think? Uh, i got about three minutes to go. Give me uh, your insights on uh, how your boyfriend Donald Trump did the last uh, Iowa and New Hampshire. Well, yeah, well, first of all, I want to say that what you just, the last segment with Ted Cruz, what he, oh, I mean, that was unbelievable. I mean, what he said about these animals, these Democrats, <laughs> he was right on point. These animals, these animals, that this creature in the White House, they're, his, they're best friends. Is un, I mean, he is just, he's wonderful. He really is. Now, I haven't heard what's going on in South Carolina. I have the news on from the from early. What do you want to know? What do you want to know, Mom? What, what, about what the numbers are between him and you, the You want the, the numbers? Beauty. I can't yeah. stand her. Uh, I, I, I can't stand her either. Uh, yeah. I cannot. She's a backstabbing the traitor. Well, don't worry about the numbers, Mom. The, the latest numbers have Trump, the latest, have Trump leading uh, backstabbing traitor Nikki Haley. You ready for this, Mom? Yeah. 34 points. 34. So he's going to kill her, maybe by as many as 40 points, and maybe it'll shut that lady up. So he's um, so, uh, he's doing great. The minute great. she comes on, Sydney, I, I put I put my TV on mute. I cannot <laughs> listen to her voice. The minute she comes on, yeah. I put it on mute. I can't yeah. take her. I just cannot take her. And no. she's so full of it. She's so full of herself. She's so full of it. I just, uh, I mean, well, I mean, if it's, I mean, but I mean, at least that the other guys, at least they bowed out. At least right. they finally did the right thing. Showed some class. So, yeah, Vivek and, um, and of course, uh, yeah, the sanctimonious. And the yeah. Yeah. All right, so on the way out, uh, you said you were nervous, and um, I'd be lying to you, even though uh, I've been told by a million people that there's a much better chance I could get attacked on the subway today. Much better chance than Hamas attacking me next week in Jerusalem. It's cute when they say that. But the truth is, it is a war zone. There are rockets flying overhead. There are terrorist attacks. So it's kind of silly. But but uh, aside from being nervous, what is your final message from me, Danielle, your grandchildren, and all your fans here in New York as your son makes his pilgrimage to Israel? Well, I, I just, I depend strictly and wholly and Whatever word I could, whatever other word I could use, I just I, I cleave to to really to Hashem slash God to take care of you, Danielle, and my Gabriel and Ava. I, I cleave to Him to take care of all of you, and I think that Hashem will. I really believe that strongly that He will. I think He's a powerful force. I mean, he's not to be seen. Nobody ever saw who or what or where, but we know that there's a power above all of us. 
Jews and Christians and all people. I believe that there's a power that we cannot even understand or touch. But as a Jew, I believe Hashem will take good care of you and Daniel and my Ava and my Gabriel. And yes, I am nervous. I would be a liar if I said I wasn't. But you know what? Like I said before, you have to do what you have to do. This is something that's in your in your neshama slash soul. This is something you want to do, and I think it'll be an experience. I think wherever you go, Sydney, after this trip, no matter where you go, no matter where the, the God takes you, nothing will be as impacted with you yeah, as this trip with you, yeah. Danielle, and the children. I, agree. I think this you, this will stay with you children forever and a day. I do believe I that. I believe you're right. Well, listen, Mom, I love you. You know I love you so much, and um, we'll be thinking of you and Daddy. When we are there, I will make a prayer, I promise, at the Western Wall for you and Daddy. And uh, just know that uh, we love you very, very, very much. And don't be nervous. I'm going to be okay. I'm a tough kid. Okay, Mom, I love you. I know that, but still. But Daddy and I, I know I have faith in Daddy, and I know Daddy will take care of you, all of you. I know that because he loved you with every inch of his being. He loved you as much or more than me. So with that nah. said, please be safe, my son. I love you. I love you, too. Friends in the morning, 77 WABC. Born to run. Tell him, Bruce, we're not going to Jersey. No, we're not going to Jersey. We're going to the Middle East. Some say we're going home. Next stop, Jerusalem. Really, Tel Aviv, when I fly out tomorrow night. I fly out late tomorrow night, early Sunday morning. Ava will meet me from London Sunday night. Justin, Danielle, and Gabe early Sunday morning. The next time you hear my voice, I won't be here on 3rd Avenue in New York City. I'll be in the center of Jerusalem. So, from my whole crew, hey, Tom Kniff, thank you so much. My whole crew, Lewis, Justin, and Noam, I love you guys. I love all you out there. It's been a great week. Tune in Monday morning, folks, live from Israel. Until then, from all of us to all of you, peace! When you let me in, I want to be your friend. I want to guard your dreams and visions. Just wrap your legs around these velvet rims and strap